What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. May take D Gun a while to get it done, but D Gun will okay. come through for you. You like that, huh? Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, it. yeah. We, yeah, we wait till Robert gets off the show first, huh? Oh yeah, because you know oh, Robert been doing the heck out of my head, shaving my head, man. Look at that. Man, it look like bees stung you, man. <laughs> I, I hey, look, trying to Rob, cut my hair fast, man. Hey, look, man, look, look. Rob, Robert have been doing it like this to the beat. No. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome in. Come on in. Pull up a chair and sit a spell. This is a Friday edition of Sports Take. Now, you may notice one of the three amigos, Rob Ellis, is not with us today. Um, that's because Rob is finally taking a well-deserved day off. You know, Barry, since we I started, couldn't believe it, man. I, I know, man. I thought he was sick or something, dude. Right, Rob. Right, right. Is everything cool, man? You all right? Yeah, He's man. like, no, man. Um, I, I, I promised the wife that – Um, well, he said he didn't promise the wife. He said, I'm 99 99- – Point nine percent sure that I'm gonna um that I'm gonna take off and me and the wife are gonna do something. I said, bro, that has to be a hundred percent, man. He said, uh, yeah, there's, 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 no, there's no might, there's no not. You are take look, Maggie deserves it. That's you right. That's she right. Deserves it. That's right. <laughs> you know, and 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 um, uh, you know, what since we started this show April eighteenth, Rob has not missed one show, not bro. one show. 
He so Rob deserves this. No, man. You know, Rob's a workaholic, man. Bro, you know, I he work deserves. with him. Exactly. I work with him like you've worked with him. Right. And I remember Breakfast on Broad. We um we had the show with him for two years. And out of that two years, he had one day off. That's it? Two years, Just one day. One day off. See, Barrett, I, he's, I, he's a machine, man. He's a machine. I know, man. See, Barrett, I subscribe to the theory of and sometimes in life, free your soul and your mind will follow. That's what I said, you know. Well, my, my mom, my mom said, my mom and my pop said, beat that ass and that mind will follow. That's what my mom and dad said. Whoa, said, you know what? Yeah, yeah, you're right about that. <laughs> hey, hey, man. Now, I was brought up in a house. I was brought up in a house where you were told you don't miss work unless you are really sick. You know, and I can't tell you how many times through my career I would go to work with a fever, chills, you know, and I don't and I don't want to try to infect other people, but you know, um uh, it's just that I didn't want to miss work. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely, absolutely. And, and and but as I got older and later in life, I'm like, man, I'm sick. I ain't going nowhere, man. I'm staying my butt Bro, right here. Hey, hey, stream, put it like this. I yeah. work with D Gun. We had a show called Quick Slants together. We did it for what, what, four years? Something like three, that. Four yeah, years? Three or four years, yeah. And it got so it got so bad that when the Eagles schedule would go off, come out, yeah. The within an hour, he would email our boss and say, "Hey, D Gun needs this. Is how you write it. D Gun needs this week off, and it always be the week of, of the bye of, week. Of the bye week. Yeah, that means so I had to work the entire week while he had off the time. He was split in half with me. He yeah. would take the entire week. Well, no, you got to pay your dues. In our industry, you have to pay your dues. Well, I See, mean, I'm at, and you I'm at a rookie." I'm at, I'm at, I'm at, I'm at, this is year eight. No, I'm talking about back then, brother. I was okay, a 30 yeah. year vet. See, you know, right. you, got value. you know, hey, by the way, he's Bear Brooks. I'm Derek Gunn. In case you're just joining us for the first time, John Dickerson, I see you. You know what John Dickerson said right off the top of the show? What's that? John man? Dickerson said, get ready for the bar, for the first annual Brothers Barbecue Edition of Sports Tape. <laughs> show so good, you'll slap your mama. <laughs> like, you ain't right, man. That ain't right, dude. You know what I'm saying? But you know what? I like that though. Man, right. right. I when I first got to when I first got to Philly and when I first started radio, yeah, yeah, I never watched hockey. You know, even though I'm from St. Louis, I knew about the blues, I knew right, about Brett right. Hall, you know, but I didn't really get into I didn't really get into um hockey at all. So wow. I started to get into hockey and then um one one of my boys, man, we started a show, Brothers on the Blue Line. I didn't know what was going on, but I was watching. And I knew a little bit about a little bit about some after I got through, man. So I know a little bit about hockey, just a little bit. What? Brothers man. in the blue line. I mean, you were very versed. You had the Penguins for a long time. Lemieux and all oh, those yeah, guys. Yeah. Well, I so go you back. Were spoiled. Even, well, I even I even go back further. And when I worked for CBS in Milwaukee, I covered the Milwaukee Admirals, which were an affiliate of the Chicago Blackhawks. And the Milwaukee Admirals were big in Milwaukee back then. So wow. I had to learn hockey then, you know. Um, and then, of course, going to Pittsburgh, man, I was in the Pittsburgh. When I was in Pittsburgh, it was in the heyday of Mario Lemieux. Yarma Yaga was was an 18, 19 year old kid. Wow. Tom Barrasso, Ulf Samuelson, Rick Tockett, Ron Francis. Rick Tockett? Rick Tockett was there playing when I was covering it for NBC in Pittsburgh, bro. Yes. Wow. Wow. Uh, oh, yeah, dude. Ulf and Shell Samuelson. Dude, I covered that team that won the Stanley Cups, man, back to back year. It was like watching the Lakers on skates. I mean, they going out. You, you couldn't stop this team, dude. They were so bro. good. Bro, you know, John Dickinson, man, he we got to get him on the show. That's for according to D Gun, Barry went to work so he could watch movies in peace. Well, that is true. <laughs> that is true, John. I ain't going to lie to you about this. Hey, 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 there were two things Barry would do. I would catch Barry doing. 
he either had his laptop and he's watching movies or he would be like this. <laughs> I'm like, B, B Brooks, wake up, baby. Wake up. <laughs> you know? Hey, so um, you guys, um, first of all, uh, you know how we talk about Rob Ellis never takes a day off. So our producer, Zandy Krause, just sent us a, 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 a private chat. said, Big Seals, Dan Cilio, might have the record. He's closing in on two years. He's never missed a show. Wow. Never missed a show in two years, man. See, Dan, I don't know. I don't know why Dan, he's by himself. He can't be Wally Pip, man. Me, that's the only reason why I don't like to take off. Because yeah. I don't want to get Wally Pip, man. I don't want nobody to come in and do something better than I do, and then I can't get my job back. That seems you. to be happening these days, bro. I know I hate to say this though, man. You take off, you gonna take off more days than the president, bro. I haven't no, I've not. Man, you see, you took off your birthday, you've taken off days for your NFL games, college games you've had to do. But uh, I do, I make up for it. I make up for it because I do shows on Friday early in the morning when um you know when when, hey, when uh John can't be there. I didn't say you didn't make up for it. I'm just saying, I'm just you know, I mean I ain't gonna give you all the props. I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I, I can't do that. Hey, so so you guys uh, heard off the top of the show, uh, we, we had a, uh, a new little piece of music to open the show. So everybody joining late. I see you, JM, John Dickerson. We know where you are every day. Jeremy Brewer, Eric Winters, you know, Showtime, cool dude. William Stark, you know, Hungry Showtime. Python. Hungry Python, 1963. That's a new one. Okay. We see you in the house today, Justin Visger. Yeah, we got you. Okay. Welcome, everybody. You know, come on in, because uh, it's about to get crazy up in here. You know, Rob Ellis not here, though, Barrett. It's kind of like like cornflakes without the milk. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's a little, little different. A little different, but but we're going to make this happen. But see, Barrett, I was I was throwing a challenge earlier this week. Okay, okay. okay. So when we found out earlier in the week that Rob wasn't going to be here, our producer, Xander Krauss, what did he look at us and say? He said, do you guys uh, you want me sure? to get a? Yeah. yeah, are you sure you can do this? Should I get a third? Uh, should I get another host for you guys to, you know, to to to, to kind of be the ringleader for you, you wild animals? And I said, <laughs> you're talking to D God, baby. D God, you know, it's do or die. It's do or do die. Do or die, baby. Do or die. You know, so 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 basically to show you uh, with D God and Barry Brooks. So you know, we got we got a show lined up today, my man. Um, and I'm telling you, Barrett. Um, I'm looking forward to this show because uh, coming up at 12:30, I refer to her as the queen of basketball in this city. D. Lynham, our colleague D. Lynham, will be joining us to talk some 76ers basketball. Um, at 1:30, former Giants great linebacker Carl Banks, who played with Lawrence Taylor, Harry Carson, he'll be joining us to give us another perspective of uh, of the up there in the Giants and what's going on with that team. And then our old friend Dave Zangaro, who covers the Eagles for NBC Sports Philadelphia, he'll be joining us from 2 to 2.30. So we're going to talk Eagles. We're going to talk about our power rankings, top five in the NFL. Barrett, it's getting crazier every week trying to figure out which teams are the top five, man. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, it's not really getting crazy because we know what our top five is. We already know who's number one. We know who number one is, but beyond that, dude, it it's fluctuates tough. every week. Yeah, it does. It's you know? tough, you know. This is a doggy dog world, man. I mean, that, yeah, that, man. Being in that top pick, man, you know, it's hard to get get knocked off. I mean, right now we got a two two game lead on everybody. I mean, the yep. closest competitors to two yep. games. Uh, it shouldn't even be. We should be three. We should be undefeated. But we walked up into to Washington, you know, and and with gasoline draws on, and 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 they lit a fire yeah. underneath us. Yeah, man. So um, we we found that we're vulnerable um, if we play and give games away, yep, and that's exactly. the difference. You know what I'm saying? We gave that game. They tried to give it back to us. Yeah, they did all day, and we just didn't take it. We just didn't take it. 
Okay, so we're going to hit the football heavy this segment and throughout this show. We're going to also look at the uh, best NFL matchups of the weekend, some key matchups coming up this weekend. And, B. Brooks, I'm going to ask you a question about all these college players that are bypassing the bowl games and, and, their, and their team commitments to get ready for an NFL draft that's not taking place until next April. I want to get your opinion about that as well. Now, like Bro, I said, it, 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 uh, works, it works out too, man, because yeah, and K-State yeah. might get a win because of that. Yes, yes. They so, got to play Alabama. See, you're talking about K-State, man. I'm talking about it in general. You ought to focus on K-State, man. But K-State, I'm back. I'm rolling I'm rolling with K-State this bowl season, man. Okay. I'm go. rolling with them, man. But off the top of the show, guys, you heard a new piece of music. And uh, as I've told you, a um, young man who grew up with my kids named Elvin Shabazzian is an incredible music producer. He's won Grammys uh, producing movie uh, music. He's also won the the, the Christian movie, uh, Christian music equivalent of a Grammy, which is called the, uh, the the Golden Dove or something like that. And so I've been on him for months about, uh, you know, he's my boy. I've known him since he was five years old, him and his brother. And, uh, you know, he's like a son to me. And I said, man, wh- where's the beast, dude? So he, he was sick this week. <laughs> he was sick this week and told all of his clients, he said, I'm not doing anything. So when he when I hit him up, so he stayed up till like three in the morning with this beast. So so Xander, if you could, I want, to, I want to hear what the chat room thinks about. Those of us joining late, I want to hear what the chat room thinks about this possible new beat to open our shows. Xander, drop my beat for a moment, if you would, sir. <laughs> Your theme song, bro? It's my new theme song. Xander, you awake? So you always be putting stuff on him, man, and just, What's, you know. Wait, where did Xander go? He just abandoned us? I guess really? so, Really? Wow. So. It's like that? Okay. All right. Well, um. everybody to put your hand on your laptops, your iPads, or your cell phones, and let the vibes flow through, because funk not only moves, it can remove. Oh, this here, just feel it, feel it, feel it, everybody. Perfect music for a Friday. So, we need your opinion, chat room, what do you think? What do you think about the new open for the show? I like it. Barrett likes it. I love it. I love Rob's, it. Rob's not here, so. Um, I'm just, I'm just glad, you know. I, I, you know, because I'm gonna miss my. You want me to be totally honest, honest uh, with you? Yeah, yeah, you're gonna do that anyways. But I ain't, yeah, gonna, go miss, I ain't gonna miss that music, man. <laughs> I, right now, I ain't gonna miss it, man. Yeah, but even Xander loves loves the beat, man. Right, 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 right. Yo, Dion Walker said Rob needs to do the gritty to this. <laughs> <laughs> well, well hold on, it. if he can do the gritty to this, he's that dude. Because I can't do the gritty to this. this oh, this, look at. Look at Fitness Rebel 85. So, oh, sh- come on now, y'all. <laughs> All right. I think it's unanimous, man. That might be our new show open, man. You Bro, know, that's not, that's that. not Mike. That's our new show open, man. That's fire. You think so? That's fire. Yeah. I want I want to hear this music when we go to commercial break. I want to hear the show open. I want to hear closing the <laughs> you show. Wanna, you want to go to commercial break with it, too? <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, man. I'm going to be all up in this music, man. Yes. Yes. Oh, man. But, like I said, you know, more importantly, people jacked up. Big NFC East grudge match coming up this weekend between the Eagles and the New York Giants up the turnpike in the Meadowlands. And, you know, Barry, we, we have spent a good portion of this week, as we do each and every week, uh, looking back on the Eagles' past success, looking ahead to their upcoming opponent. And we've we've talked about the Giants in depth for the last couple of days. Uh, we had my, my boy Jordan Renan. Uh, from from New New York, who covers the Eagles for ES, uh, covers the Giants for ESPN.com, uh, up there gave us some great insight. But let's bring it back home to the birds. And, and one thing I want to ask you, Barry, we haven't really touched on. 
And I want to get a, a, a former NFL player's perspective. What are some little things that we have not talked about? What are we missing here about this matchup coming up? The Giants are reeling. They're one, three, and one in their last five games. You know, the Eagles are the king of the NFL right now, 11 and one. But this, you, you throw records out the window when you talk about divisional absolutely, games. Absolutely, absolutely. So give me, give me one thing right now that, that we're missing uh, about this game. Um, well, if we're just talking about just is just individually this game, not necessarily, you know, about the, you know, what's going on going into the, to the, you know, playoffs. I would say individually about this game. Yeah. Nobody's really talking about it. They're kind of downplaying the game that Jalen Hurts had up there in, 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 in MetLife Stadium the last time he played there. Okay. I mean, he had the worst game. It was like he had three interceptions, only had like 127 yards. His leading receiver was a running back at three catches for 32 yards. And he got hurt that game also. Right. So I, 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 I'm thinking that he's gonna feel real disrespected. Yes, you know he's mm. the consummate pro. He, uh, he, you know, he, he's, you know, after he takes a deuce, he flushes it, and that's and he's and it's over with. Right, right. But as a player, you know where your last bad. I still know my last bad game. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And okay. I, and I think about that game all the time. The last real bad game I had, right, was actually against the Washington. It was the Redskins back then, and it was me and Ken Harvey. And I was playing, I was playing with the Eagles. And Ken Harvey gave me my lunch. He gave me, in fact, I had never been beat so bad than mm-hmm. Ken Harvey. Every time okay. Guy McIntyre and Ryland McKenzie, Guy McIntyre is one of the you know, original offensive linemen that played uh and he played in the Super Bowl with Dwight Clark and the catch and all that stuff. Guard right, played guard. Right. He was my left guard. And okay. Ryland McKenzie, my center, he was one of the original hogs, uh, played center for the Eagles when I was there. And it's my fourth year there. And I tell you what, he handed me my lunch. And ever since then, Riley McKenzie and Guy McIntyre will say, don't have me call uh, Ken Harvey on you. Don't have me, don't, 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 don't give me them flashbacks, you know, I used to have. I'm like, man, you absolutely right. He gave it to me. He beat me for two and a half sacks. Mm. Two and a half sacks in one game. He beat me and made me like it, bro. There's nothing. I had no, I had no, um, no answer to anything he was giving me. I, I mean, I, I flunked that test flat out. I got beat so bad that Rodney Pete, he probably had nightmares about that game. Oh, jeez, bro! I I don't know what I don't know what happened. I went into the game. Yeah, I was prepared. I knew I I knew what I needed to do, and I couldn't do it. And and, and as an NFL player, you get comfortable with one thing that you know that nobody can beat you with this with this. Like with me, I had a set. And every time I did that set, I don't care who it was. It could be Mr. White. It could be Charles Haley. It could be whoever. And I would not get beat with it. I would mm. not get beat. You couldn't beat me with it. But this game, I could not get that set down. For some reason, I felt out of sorts. There was nothing I could do to stop him. Even when I did, I, I tried to do the set, but I couldn't get the set down either. He just beat me like a drum, man. And from that point on, I never got beat like that again, mm. but it still burns in my soul, man. It still burns in my soul. To this day? To this day. Really? Ken Harvey. Ken Harvey, that was the worst game of my life. And I really think that this is the same thing Jalen Hurts is feeling going into this game. In fact, you know what? I actually got hurt that game also. 
I had a high ankle sprain. It was second to the last game. I actually played in the next game with a high ankle sprain. I wasn't worth two dead flies, man. But I mean, I, I played. I battled. You know what I'm saying? They shot me up and I battled. I didn't give up any sacks or anything, but I was popping that game. But I still played. But Ken Harvey beat me like a drum. See, see, I heard. I've heard you. You say this the second time. You said this about, you know, Jalen Hurts still remembering a bad game. And see, I'm. I would say basically, you got to flush that. That was last year. That right. was still an evolving Jalen Hurts. So the Jalen Hurts that we saw back then is nothing close to the Jalen Hurts that we're watching now. And I think he doesn't need any more motivation and the team for that matter than the fact that we are trying to maintain the number one overall record in the NFC to, to secure home field advantage. Right. Now, sometimes, man, you can. I think if you go back too much, it can affect what you're doing in the present. Yep. You know, you see what I'm saying? Uh, I don't know if you agree or disagree with that, but I think you got enough to think about just playing the Giants right now. If you start letting all these thoughts swirl about last year compared to this year, and I got to go back up there and prove something, I think he's proved something over the first 12 games of the season to me. I think he's proved enough. Oh, absolutely. I think he has. But we're talking about Jalen Hurts and his whole mentality. I don't I, – I, I, as a player, you like I said, you remember those games, man. You remember those games. And to this day, yeah, I think about it. And I think, I think the same thing. He, I, I really believe and, – and, you know, just like, you know, just – if you watch, watch all these former um, – the guys that played against their former teams. Okay. You know, look, just look at last week. And all through the week, we, we heard A.J. Brown downplay – He's in a better place now. He's cool with it. But then after the game, what does he say? And I'm, I'll be lying if I didn't market that game down on my calendar. I'd be lying if, you know, I didn't think that I need to go out there and prove to them the mistake that they made. Okay. You go back. I mean, you go back again. I mean, right now, James Bradbury, he's pissed. He's pissed. He wants to go back there and show, hey, you see what you let go? You yeah. let go a, 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 a all-pro player. Look what I'm doing now. Look at me. Look at everybody that was on another team. Look at look at look at Doug. You know what I'm saying? We beat Doug. Mm-hmm. You know, former former team beat Doug. Right. Um, it, look at even Coach Nick Sirianni, and going back with the Colts and playing the Colts. Right, right. Oh, that's true. Okay, everybody but that but that was more current. Beginning. More current. If I was James Bradbury, I'd be happy as heck. I'm out of New York. Oh, he's happy. Yes, he's definitely uh-huh. happy. But Jalen Hurts is right now is thinking, I. I I, well, this one, I'm, this well, um, I'm not saying. Let me say, Jalen, Jalen Hurts is a different beast. I mean, his mold mentality is different. Okay. But I truly believe he remembers what happened to him, and he's gonna go out there and try to redeem and and show him. All right, you guys got the best of me last time I was up here. Well, look at me now. Mm. Three interceptions. Yeah. He has three interceptions this entire year. He had right. three in one game. You can't tell me he isn't thinking about that. You can't tell me. He's mm. definitely thinking about that. Got hurt that game. We were going into halftime, and he threw that interception. A, a mistake, you know, I, I would have never thought he'd have done that, trying to throw the, um, throw it in and, and try to crease the hole to get it to, um, to uh, Smith. Smith. Okay, yeah. You can't tell me he doesn't remember that, man. You know what I'm saying? The two balls dropped, one by uh, the former receiver, Jalen Rager. Yep. Right there, had it in his hands. Could have brought it, brought it down, didn't bring it down. I mean, he he remembers that stuff, bro. Because I know I would as a player. 
Mm. I still remember my game. So that was his worst game. I think he really wants to go up there. MetLife Stadium. He had a bad game. MetLife said he wants to go up there and 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 you know rough them up a little bit. And plus, they're Division Four anyways. Okay. You know what I'm saying? They're Division Four anyways. So what's what do you think Sirianni's message to his team is this week? Oh, you're supposed to beat the teams you're supposed to beat, but understand it's not going to be the walking apart. Yes, their record is saying this. They might not be that good, but this is the division. It doesn't matter. You got to come out of this with a win. Dallas is starting to catch up. We got to make sure we keep that uh, we keep that this division tied up. We cannot lose another division game. Period. We got to make this happen, and let's beat up on. Right now, they're living high on the hog. They they they've got you know Dable up there. They're thinking they got everything going. Saquon Barkley has a rejuvenated career. Um, he's gonna want to go out there and dominate you. Uh, they've lost a couple of games. You know what are they? What are they? Uh, two, one, two, or one, three. No, one, three, and one in their last five. One, three, and one in the last five. We got to get back on track. We're still in this thing. We can make it to the playoffs. You know, when you get to the playoff, everybody's record the same. He's saying all this stuff to him. You know what I'm saying? All this stuff. They want to get back in. They figure if they can beat you, the season will be, you know, the season will be back on track and we'll be, you know, top dogs again. We'll, we'll be one of the feared teams in the NFL. That's, that's what, that's what uh, the, the Giants are saying. So right now he's saying he's repeating all this. Look, guys, these guys, these guys are hungry dogs. They're ready to play. They got a lot to prove. They can't, they can't afford to lose another game. They lose another game. That's one more game. They got to play them. Then they got to play us again. The last year, uh, last um, game of the season. Game of the season. We got to go in and take it here. We'll take it here. It's going to be tough to play them at home, but we can take it right here. So that's exactly what, you know, what, what coach said, coach Nick saying, Hey, look, man, we got to make this happen. We have to make this happen. There's no way we should lose this game. We're the better team. We have the better players. We have the better quarterback. We have the better defense. And he's quite frankly, he's thinking, we have the better running back also. Mm. We have the best Penn State running back in the NFL. That's what he's saying to him. We do. Our guy, Miles Sanders, is better than Saquon Barkley. Man, I'm getting fired up just listening to you, man. Preach, <laughs> preach it, bro. Preach it, bro. It's, 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 this isn't this isn't gonna be an easy game for them. This isn't gonna be an easy game, but they realize that they know this. They're ready for a knockdown, drag out fight, street fight, up in the Meadowlands this week. They're preparing for it right now. This is gonna be a physical, physical game. Ooh, they got out physical wait. last time they were up there. They got out physical. Wow. I can't. Well, we're going to talk more about the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, obviously, throughout the course of this show. We're going to give you our top five power rankings in the NFL. Uh, Baker Mayfield. We got to talk about this game last night, man. What was that? Baker Baker Mayfield walks off the street, played like he was with the Rams all season once he got his his feet on solid ground, man. Uh, We're going to look at some of the best matchups in the NFL. Talk about uh, college football players who are jettisoning out of the uh, college bowl games to prepare for a much more important uh, and entity in their lives, which is getting ready for the upcoming NFL draft. Um, as I said on this show today, for those of you joining us late, uh, we have former Giants linebacking great Carl Banks joining us from 1.30 to 2. Our friend Dave Zangaro from NBC Sports Philadelphia joining us from 2 to 2.30. And coming up next after this break is our friend and our colleague, I call her the queen of local basketball, Miss D. Lana will be joining us. D is mobile. We got to find out where she is and where she's going. And before I send it to break, a fitness rebel, I apologize to you. 
I forgot to give her a shout out in the open. You know, she has been loyal follower. I missed her on the shout out. My bad, don't hold it against me. And, and Bear, while you were talking, man, and we played the beat, uh, Ball 316 said, hey, Pootie Tang wrote that beat. You know, and I'm like, what? Pootie Tang? Pootie Tang? That's not bad. And then uh, Taylor Walker Devine goes, somebody come get their uncles. He called his uncle. I'm like, what? Man. Uh, Rob Ellis is off today, taking a well-deserved day off. The inmates are running the asylum. He's Barry Brooks. I'm Derek Gunn. This is the Feel Good Friday edition of Sports Take. As we send it to break, coming up on the other side, D-line them. We're going to find out where she is and talk some 76ers basketball. As we send you to break, Xander, drop my beat. He's going to hate you in a minute. <laughs> he better be ready. Huh? Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> Coming go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go Bird! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go Bird. Did you know taxes could be your biggest expense during retirement? Are most of your assets in tax-deferred accounts like IRAs and 401ks? Taxes are historically low today, but we're facing significant headwinds in the future. Do you have a plan? The Thrive Financial Team has more than 100 years of experience helping people across the Delaware Valley with forward-looking tax planning. Learn how to shift your money from forever tax to no or low tax accounts. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today.
Come on, B. I know you feel it. Come on, B. Put your hand, put your hand on your computer, man, and just let the vibes flow through. You know you like that. Look, he can't stop bopping, man. This is it, bro. Right that's now. that's that's point. that's a hot. That's hot, man. You like that's that? Hot. Yeah, that's hot. Man. All right, I just I just texted my boy Elvin. I said, hey, man, I think we found our new show open, man. We go, we ready, we ready to roll. All right, uh, coming up right now, as I promised before this break, uh, I feel like this is reunion day on this Feel Good Friday because um, I got to know this lady uh, starting in September of 1997. Uh, she is was one of the originals, as I was, uh, Comcast Sports Net, which is now NBC Sports Philadelphia. Um, I love her basketball insight, her basketball knowledge, and, of course, her dad is the great Jim Lynham as well. Uh, we have D on the phone right now, and D. Are you there with us? Uh-oh. Do we have her yet? Hey, D, you there? I am here. Now I can hear you. Oh, she, she hears now. Hey, let me hey, Barrett, let me tell you real quick before we get into the 76ers. Dean Lynham is you think Rob Ellis has a lot of jobs? Dean Lynham is all <laughs> over the place, man. She is the color analyst for the Delaware Blue Coats and Princeton's women basketball. She's a weekend radio host in 97.5 The Fanatic, content creator for Bet Park Parks Casino, and an adjunct professor. Now, as I said before the break, Dee is on a move. She's on an Amtrak. Dee, where the heck are you and where are you going? You left one of my jobs out. I'm actually Which heading one? to Washington because I do the G League um, for the Wizards, the capital oh city go-go. She wow. Don't have, she don't fun. have enough jobs. She doesn't have enough jobs as, as it is. You know, it's, it's hard to keep up with it. But how you doing, D? Can you can you hear me, D? Yeah, that's why. I, yeah, it cuts in and out. That's why I tried to say I wanted to call on a phone line because I love Amtrak for many things, but not for their Wi-Fi. <laughs> oh, okay. I hear you. I hear you. Okay, well, we'll, we'll try to... We'll try to hit you at the hot spots and, and not the, the spots where they drop a D. I, I look at this 76ers team, and they're 12 and 12 right now. They're coming off of a losing three consecutive games on the road. They haven't been healthy the whole season. Um, what are we going to make of the 76ers team at this point? Uh oh. It's going to be one of these. Is, is, that, is that what we're looking to? Yeah, we're looking yeah. to right now. Well, we'll try to get it back one more time. And, you know, and D, D told me, and she did prepare me and say, hey, look, being on Amtrak, you never know where a hot spot is and where a hot spot is not. Um, and we knew that was a problem uh, going in. So she, we'll try to get still, back. She was still gracious enough to, you know, to, to plug us in. Yeah, so yeah. Got to love her for that, man. But, you know, when you look at that, that you, when you do look at that 76ers team, man, they just look a little old to me, man. I mean, and they just not, it's, it was almost like, the league is passing them by as far as, you know, rejuvenating and replenishing, you know, younger talent and infusing it into, into the, um, into the lineup. Man. That's what, I mean, that's the way it looks to me. I, I may be wrong. You know, I'm, I'm trying to give the 76ers a benefit of the doubt because they haven't had all of their pieces on the court in, in quite some time. And we're going to try to get D back one more time. You know, if, if we can get her great, if not, we understand because she's on the road heading to one of her, 20,000 different jobs right now. <laughs> um, I'm trying to give the 76ers team B the benefit of the doubt. Um, they haven't been healthy. You know, uh, Harden hasn't been in a while. He came back against Houston, first game back in, a, in quite a while. Tyree Maxey has been out. Embiid has missed quality time as well. Um, 
But even with all the pieces back, B, I don't know. To be quite honest, I don't know if they're much more than than an average team or a little bit above average team. You look at um, you you, you look at them, you know, and I look at their roster, and it just seems like James Harden slows the game down too much. Everybody's running the gunner. You know, perfect example. You look at the team they just played in Atlanta. I mean, not Atlanta, um, even Atlanta, but you know, look at the team they just played in Houston. You know, that their lineup, you know, fast, you know, young, you know, vibrant, you know, getting up and down the court, shooting threes. You know, this is it's just a different game right now than what they're trying to um what they're trying to play. I mean, who, are we the only team that really plays with a big man in that capacity? I don't see any other teams having a big like ours and just running the offense through a big. I don't see like, you know, teams like even Milwaukee with the Greek freak. I don't see him as a guy that is a, is a traditional center. To me, he's more of a, a forward, you know what I'm saying? A, a shooting forward, shooting guard forward, you know, so runs up and down the court, plays the game fast, always picking them up, putting it down. They're one of the only teams that plays just as slow as us, but even still, he gets the game going faster. To, you know, he can take it from you know from the board or playing defense and taking it back down and scoring. Right. We don't really, we don't necessarily play that style of ball. James, I think James James Harden slows the game down way too much. You got to get these young guys in. I don't. I don't know if it's just. I don't know if it's just hard, no man. I think it's you know because we jokingly talked about this back in you know October November when they came out of the gate slow about how they were losing games because they couldn't keep up with the other team's speed. And I don't think it was just Harden because I've always said I think Tyrese Maxey plays at one speed and everybody else plays at a at half the speed. And there's got to be a balance somewhere, you know, because you know, this dude's like the energizer bunny, man. And it's like it's like that old the old story we heard when we were kids, the tortoise and the hare, you know. And right. I, I, I I just don't I don't see it, B. I, I I don't know how I don't know what the balance is um in terms because you're right, the teams that they're playing get up and down the court in a hurry. Their bigs run the floor, man. Yes. You know, yes. and B's not running the floor like that, dude. And when you consider his his health history, do you really want him running up and down the floor like that? <laughs> I still want him to, yes. <laughs> Whether he can or not, we'll see. You know, but I mean, we're gonna see this. We're gonna see. Uh, I think they play tomorrow. It's either tonight or tomorrow. They, they play. play the they Lakers. play tonight. Uh, tonight against the Lakers. So they play the Lakers, and 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 I want to see how they adjust to that game. You know, I mean, can they? Because I mean, the Lakers don't. You know, necessarily. You know are blazing up down the court, but they play a slowed down um, monotone game. Now, you know, I wanted that excitement. I want to get up and get it out. Let's, let's go, you know, get the ball out. Let's go. But I, mean, I want to see how they play against this Lakers team. You know, can you still win Lakers, man, at this point, Davis is playing well. Um, We see Westbrook is, 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 is playing feasible, you know, where they still got King James, man. So I want to see how they play against them. If it'll be a competitive game, and I, you know, I, that'll turn me in the direction I need to see. When I see this game tonight, it's gonna turn me in the direction I need to see, uh, and and how they need to play. I'm still surprised in a lot of ways when you look at how bad the Lakers have been this season. They're still a big draw in the NBA, man. People oh, still want to see King James. People want to yell at Westbrook. People want to see Anthony Davis, so on and so forth. I'm surprised they're still as big a draw as they are right now. Well, <laughs> just like you say, King James is that dude, man. So. Um, I, I I think that everybody's turned towards 
you know, seeing the, you know, the the, the fast team like the Memphis Grizzlies, you know, everybody wants to see that squad, man. Moran is still at dude, man. Dylan Brooks gets up the court, pretty, you know, pretty pretty good. You know, even even Big Adams will, you know, he'll still, you know, stick with him and and, and get, you know, rebound, boom, get it going, get it down the court. So, you know, I I I want a faster game, but I don't know necessarily if they have that in them to do it. Wow, you know, um, see, uh, I'm looking at the chat, and Defuski says, "Sounds like you don't want to say the obvious. Doc Rivers is the worst coach in the NBA." Now, see, I can't go there, man. Seriously. Well, I, I mean, think he's 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 not as bad as he's not as bad as down there in uh in Atlanta. You know, well, what I mean, Melon, Melon, he, he he's not doing anything to help his young guns right now. Okay. He's not doing anything. He, you know, he's 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 basically uh, playing prehistoric basketball. When you got guys that can get out there and go, you got to let them horses go, man. You got to let them them stallions get out there and run, man. And he's holding them back. He's definitely holding them back. Uh, but I'm not I'm not going to say that Doc Rivers is the worst coach in the NBA. When you when, you know he's got a team that's 500 right now. They're the number eight team in the East. When you got teams like Charlotte seven and eighteen, Detroit seven and twenty, Orlando six and twenty, you got the Spurs seven and eighteen, Houston, of course, the 76ers lost to Houston recently in double overtime. They're seven and eighteen. Golden State, I know they've had the championship pedigree. They're they're thirteen and thirteen. You know, there's some good teams out there that are not playing that well. Now, the one team that surprised me so far is Utah, which has gutted its team. And starting from scratch, yet they're 15 and 12 right now. They're the number six seed. I mean, I know we've been critical for on Doc for a number of reasons. You know, last couple of years, he can't get past the second round coaching decisions. And then, of course, he makes the, makes the ultimate stake uh, recently, as well as last season, saying we have scheduled losses, which I've never heard a coach say before. Scheduled loss. I mean, what is that? Scheduled loss. I've never tell heard me. When you when you figure that out, you tell me. I have, I've, I've never, never heard, heard that. that in my life. No, me never, never heard that. But. How would you categorize where Doc is right now in his coaching tenure in Philadelphia? I mean, there are not a lot of Doc River fans in Philadelphia. And, you know, Doc has been able to get teams to the playoffs, but he can't get them over the hump, especially against teams in the playoffs. Everybody thought that they would beat. Well, I, I think that he's he's definitely getting out coached. Because I don't think there's any way that they compete with Boston. I don't think they compete with, with, with Milwaukee. Um. Will they compete against the Nets? I, I I think as the season goes on, I think they're going to get better and better also. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I think they're going to get better, man. I think the Nets are so much of a circus that, I mean, they're 14-12 and 12 right now, the four seed in the East. I think that team is so much of a circus that it's only a, a matter of time before that team implodes to a degree. Um <laughs> You don't know. You don't know what Kyrie is going to do night in and night out. You don't know what he's going to say night in or night out. You don't know when he's going to play night in or night out. You know when you listen to Kevin Durant talk, you know you can tell there's a certain amount of frustration involved. You know in terms of man, what in the world is going on here? You know um, our favorite, our favorite former 76er is not giving him much. You know, dude, six eleven and basically. He plays defense occasionally. He scores once in a blue moon, Ben Simmons, and he's making almost $35 million a year. I just think B Brooklyn is a powder keg waiting to explode right now. 
Oh, man, you still got Kyrie and, 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 and Durant there. And when you look at it, Steph, man, Seth, Seth can go out there and, and, and light it up also. Seth will give you 21 a game. So when you got the score, you don't need Ben Simmons to score. You got scores out there. They're right in the mix. I, I believe they're going to get better. They're going to get better as the season goes on. Kind of what I saw with, with the Celtics. The Celtics, they were trash, trash at the beginning of the year. Right and Towards the end, they melted together, and they became – a beast. So yes, uh, that's 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 what I see. I, I do see them, you know, getting a lot better than what they are what they are right now. I'm glad you brought that up because you know you go back in Boston at one point back in early January, they were like 25 and 25, something like that. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And everybody thought they were just an afterthought. And all of a sudden, they they just caught fire, lit up, and got all the way to the NBA Finals. And even with this interim coach, yeah, I mean, you think that he? You mean? I think I think he they gave he he gave him like a shot in the arm. They're playing even better now. What you told me that, um the other day that what they're like 26 and 5 or something like that? They're 21 and 5 right now, best record in the NBA. 21 and 5. Wow. So so basically all the coach had to do was come in, the interim coaches come in and not mess it up. Right, right. Because right. the nucleus was there. They have a system that worked for them. They have they have the bet to me the best defensive team in the league. They have some snipers all over the court, man, from Jalen Brown to Tatum. I mean, they got snipers everywhere. No question. Al you Horford, know. you know what I'm saying? Al Horford, 95 years old, still balling. Bro, we, what, what did they give him? I want I want whatever he's drinking. Just give me this much of it, man. I think, he, when, I think when you look at a Horford, though, B, it's about the system. You know, yeah, it, yeah. I think that's football, basketball, hockey. You know, team, you know, he came here. He couldn't find his footing. You know, he goes back to Boston and he's like rejuvenated. And I've said the same thing. You said, "What in the world are they feeding him up there right, in Boston?" Right, because right. he's playing like he's in his twenties again, man. Exactly, exactly. I mean, but you know, they're so about by even off the bench. You know, you got White coming off the bench. He's gonna give you some. And bro, they got Malcolm Brogdon, man. Yes. For a song and a dance. Yes. For a song and a dance, man. I mean, that yes. just lit it up, man. Lit it up. Um, I think JM brings up a good piece, and we've talked about it before. It says Sixers don't have uh, that have the pieces that fit together. And, you know, we started out when the team was healthy. We thought they were playing the starters too many minutes. Yep. You know, and when the starters go down, all the subs have come in and, and played, and they've won some games that we didn't think they were going to win. And I'm still waiting to see them find that balance as a team. Now that Now that a lot of the subs – have been able to play a lot more. Doc should have a better feel. And I'm talking about the new guys he's brought in, you know, uh, coupled with the holdovers that were not starters who are still here. He should have a much better grasp of what he has and how to deploy. But see, that's, that, and there lies the problem. There lies the problem. Okay. That's where I see the big problem is. I don't think Doc knows what to do with these younger guys, man. Because when they, when they had, when they played them all, when everybody was hurt, when all the big names are hurt, right, right. those young guys played together. You know what I'm saying? DeAnthony Melton, all those guys, Daniel House. Uh, Shake Milton. Now that they're not, now that the you know James is back, yeah. Shake will Shake won't get any more burn. Shake will be be like two minutes. He'll get in. On, you know man. what I'm saying? He got to play him more. Yes, he gives you a lot yeah. more than that, man. Deontay Melton gives you a lot more than what they're trying to give him. PJ Tucker plays way too much. I was going to ask way you: Do you think much. Do you think Tucker should be still be starting at this point? No, because honestly, I don't think he should be starting. I think there's a role for him. 
Exactly. As a defensive, I mean, he's averaging what three points a game, playing twenty something minutes a game, and he's not doing anything for us defensively. No, he's not. No. So I mean, I, that's why we brought him in to play defense, get that attitude. Right now, he's just he's slowing us down, man. I mean, I don't know who do you put in with him. I mean, right now, George Niang is hurt, but even Niang, man, he he and he was like the spur in my back, bro. I I, I didn't like Niang. I didn't like Niang, man. He got that old man's game. And towards the end of the season, man, he just couldn't shoot, man. He was just – he just was not hot. But now that he's hot, well, I tell you, he can light it up, man. I'm, I was surprised, man. He's He can light it up, man. Brings that little attitude to the game. So I, I still can't figure out why Matisse Thibel can't get more run. Now, okay, we don't like his overall game in a lot of ways, but still, this dude's averaging 11 minutes a game. He's averaging 1.5 points per game. I think there's a role for him. I think there's a place for him. But he's got to get in the groove. And when you think about a game of basketball, there are minutes, first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, you know, where you can insert him to give you some minutes to get to let your starters get a breather, man. I mean, why do you have him on a team if you're not going to use him? Well, you know, I mean, uh, this comes from Doc, man. I'm, and, and you know who, who I'm, I'm, I'm reading, you know, the, the – and William, was it Bernie? Doc yeah. has CP3, JJ Reddick, DeAndre Jordan, Blake Griffin, and Jamal Crawford, all in their prime, and couldn't get out the uh, West. All in their prime, man. Man, think about that lineup right now. I mean, Blake Griffin in his day. Come yeah. on, man. Yeah, Mister Excitement, man. Mister Excitement. JJ Reddick can light it up. Yeah. DeAndre Jordan was a force in the middle, bro. Yeah, yeah. A force in yeah. the he had he had yeah. teams coming and begging him to play. And and he couldn't do anything with him. CP3 young. Come on, bro. Mm. Chris was that dude when he was young, man. Yo, William Stark says, Barrett, I'm 69. Still think I can move my feet better than George Nian. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that old man's game. That's cold-blooded, man. That's cold-blooded. But he can light it up. He's been lighting it up, man. He gives nothing to you defensively. They're going to run right, right past right. him. You know what I'm saying? But he's going to jump in your face. After he's going to jump in your face and, and make you fall out. He'll, he's going to try to do that, bro. Yeah, man. You know, we watch enough basketball around the league to know that there's a whole, every team in the league has a guy or two or five that are not going to give you much <laughs> defensively. But the name of the game is put the biscuit in the basket, right? Right, 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 it's right. The name of the game, you know. And I'm not a big fan of George Niang's overall game. I'm like, when he plays defense, I'm like, what's he doing? He looks like a matador, man. He holding, Kate letting the bull run past. What, what's he doing? What's he doing? Niang, I've seen Niang do this, man. Right. <laughs> I'm like, seriously? Well, he's not the only one, but I do think because of his ability to bombs away that you got to implement him more, man. You, I mean, the name of the game, you got you got bigs all across the league now. Instead of, you know, posting down low, they're stepping out beyond the arc, popping threes, man. Some, of your, be- some of your best long ball marksmen in the game are big men now, man. So, yep. you know, get Niang out on the wing, man. Let him float around. Let him, you know, his shot is that corner three, man. Get Set him up. Let him bomb away to hopefully free if he's if he's on a roll, free him somebody else around the, around the perimeter. You may find somebody camping underneath that's not being guarded because they're worried about him busting threes from the corner, man. The only thing Doc, about that, man, he, he yeah. they, they, they're not gonna do it because James is gonna keep the ball up top, dribble to one side, dribble to the other side, dribble to one side, dribble to the other side, and then eventually get it to Embiid. That's it. Game too slow. Game too slow. Or he's gonna drive to the hole and, and, and flop. Come on, man. I need a little more than that. Well, I need a little more than that. I need some speed, speed, speed. Now I, I truly believe if you take yeah. the ball out of his hands, yeah, 
and make him a setup shot guy. Yeah. Bro, I think he'd be dangerous, man. I think he'd be dangerous. You gotta speed the game up. He he wants to be, he's a ball heavy, uh ball heavy guy. Mm. I think Deion Walker puts it puts it perfectly right now. Doc is a playoff coach, not a championship coach. Wow. It's hard to argue against that, man. No, you're right. You know, you're right. I mean, he won he won a championship in Boston. He won one, but still, how long ago was that? You look at what he did with the Clippers. You know, he had a he had a couple great Clippers teams that didn't go very far. Absolutely. You look at what he's had here in Philadelphia. Um, he's had he's had teams that were good enough the last couple of years to at least get to the conference finals. Didn't get there. But I, I wonder sometimes if if are we a little too critical of Doc? Are there times when we're too critical because he has frustrated us so much in recent memory? That's exactly what it is. He's frustrated us so much. I mean, at least I was listening to um, Howard Eskins. Yeah. Yesterday, I, I know you don't, you shouldn't, you you shouldn't do that too much. What? <laughs> but, <laughs> what? but Howard, man, he made some great points, man. He made some great points, man. He was like, you know, what what is this team? You know, at this point, the team is too slow. Uh, he said, maybe you need to think about trading an Embiid. I mean, what does Embiid bring to the table that you can't, you know, get two or three other players with? Right, right. So I don't know, man. I mean, at this point, I, I don't know what to think of this team. I don't know what they got going on. Well, um, the good thing is the next two, four, six, seven games are at home. They have the they have the Lakers tonight. They have Charlotte on Sunday, Sacramento on Tuesday, Golden State Friday the 16th, Toronto Monday the 19th, Detroit Wednesday the 21st, Clippers uh, the 23rd. Um, And a good thing about it is there's no back-to-back games over that time frame. So they have plenty of time to rest up. And, you know, hopefully, you know, they'll get, you know, you know, James Harden will get more acclimated. James obviously wasn't happy with his performance down in Houston. So he'll get, you know, he'll get more, you know, get back in the groove. You know, Tyrese is coming back. Uh, so there's no excuse for this team not doing well over this next stretch of, of home games when you look at who they're playing. The Lakers, Charlotte, Sacramento, Golden State, Toronto, Detroit, and the Clippers. You know, so they have a chance. To, they have a chance to go at least several games over 500 before this homestand is done. Well, John Dickerson has another. If they trade him B, what's the draw? And they 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 asked um they asked Howard that, and uh, yeah. he said, "Well, I don't know. We can just get something. I, that's that's not legitimate. Get something. You can't just get something. <laughs> no, you're not you're not trading a B just for something. You have right. to have an impact player coming. If you trade. If you trade a centerpiece like Embiid, you have to have an impact player or two. I'm not trading Embiid straight up. First of all, I'm not trading him just straight up one for one on a player. Right, I've got to right. get I've got to get multiple players. When he's healthy, he's still considered the best big man in the game right now. No question okay? about that. The problem is when is he healthy? You know, I mean, he comes out of the gate nicked up. He had the plantar fasciitis problem. He has the knee issues. You know. Um, it, it, whoever takes takes on jo, uh, Joel Embiid is going to have to take all that into consideration. But for, I don't think there's any way to 76ers trade Embiid before this season. Uh, I think they have to go one more run, one more run to see how far they can go. They're they definitely re- going to do that. Yep. Yeah. They revamped the roster. They brought in new pieces. Um, we thought it was a much better nucleus. 
It has struggled to find its way, obviously, because the, the, the focal point of this team has not consistently been on the floor due to injuries. I don't think there's any way, shape, or form they trade and beat before this season is all said and done. No, I don't think so either. I really don't. But, I mean, that's the direction uh, direction that this team is going right now. I just don't know how you can legitimize, you know, having certain people out there not developing your young talent. I just need, need – you need to develop your young talent. You know what I mean? Mm. I'm not saying Furkan, you know, is, is the end-all cure-all. But we don't know what he is. Maybe we do know what he is. He's just not enough. We need shaking there a little more. You know, let's 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 just start getting these young guys. You know, Thibault. Let's let's get out there and see if he can play some quality minutes more so than he's been. You know, those guys mm-hmm. are even breaking a sweat out there. Well, um, I like many will be watching the 76ers game tonight while I'm uh you know wrapping wrapping kids' presents. Man, my wife got me. <laughs> my wife got me on gift gift wrapping duty. She did what she told me yesterday. That's three nights in a row then, right? Three nights in a row, yes, and, and still got a long way to go. And well, hey, you don't have to wrap mine, okay? I don't? No, I'll tell Trish, I'll tell Trish she said I don't have to wrap you. Okay. But <laughs> I will tell you this. I will tell you this. It ain't personal. It's business. If you get a gift from a, from me and it's ticking, just submerge <laughs> it in water first before you open it. That's all I'm asking. That's all I'm saying. That's I don't want nothing to happen to Sanji, Okay. <laughs> All right, we're going to step aside uh, right now at this time. And as I told you, unfortunately, uh, D-Line, you know, she was on Amtrak heading down to D.C. And as luck would have it, you know, her signal was in and out. So we're going to get D back on hopefully one day next week uh, when she's um, a more stable environment. Um, As we told you on the show, coming up at 1.30, we have former Giants great linebacker Carl Banks joining us. Two o'clock, our friend and colleague Dave Zangaro from NBC Sports Philadelphia will be joining us today as well to give us the update on the uh, Eagles injury bug, who's in, who's out, and his perspective on what this matchup looks like uh, coming up on Sunday at 1 o'clock. You know, that's what? And when we do get to um, the – remind me, remind me, Max. um, Yeah. I remember we were trying to trade for, you know, Tyrese Halliburton. Okay. And we got and we got uh, James Harden instead, you know. Okay. I mean, you want me to remind you of this next week? Yeah, but I can barely Adam, remember yesterday. Yeah, man, because you write things down. I write things down, but then I throw I it do. away, man. Man, I got notes everywhere, man. You know, right, but, but, I, uh, but, but but I was telling but you, I, I, that, yeah. that's a bad, that's a bad trade right there. I mean, we should have we should have traded for him and, and instead of Harden. That's what really. Oh, yeah. yeah. Why? Why do you say that? I mean, you just got a new guy. I mean, new infused. Got to go out there and average twenty-one points a game. Yeah. Plays a plays a faster. Imagine him and Tyrese Maxey together in the backcourt. Mm. Mm. You couldn't slow it down. Yeah, you're right. That's... You couldn't slow it down. Yeah. Mm. Averages is... 11, 11 assists a game. Nineteen point four. Uh, Nineteen point four points a game. Right. Four point six rebounds. Um, forty-six point nine percent from the from the three-point line. I'm just saying. Mm, saying. Man, what I was going to tell you before, uh, my wife told me last night, she goes, I mean, when it comes to gift wrapping and stuff, I'm like, why why am I wrapping all these gifts? She goes, hey, I buy, you wrap. I can't argue with that. (laughs) I I can't argue with that. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to be honest with you. And my family laughs at me, man. I do not know how to Amazon Prime and all that stuff. Man, I go nuts doing that stuff. My wife is the best of the best when it comes to getting all the sales, all the deals. This woman is like, she is a, not, not a shopaholic, but dude, she is so insightful when it comes to that stuff. I would mess up, man. I'd be paying double and triple prices 
good stuff, man. Probably have sent them to the wrong address. You know, I, I'm glad she does it. You know, because I, I, Bruh, can't I, do I, I don't shop. I give, yeah. I give the money. I, I, I give it a lot of the amount of money for everybody's um, shopping to buy right. gifts and stuff, and right. that's it. I don't, I don't do any shop because if I go out there, I'll buy something and it'll sit for years, and they nobody want nothing. I, I buy. They hold up, man. Hold up, hold up, man. You don't buy gifts. You just give money. No, I give money to Sanji to buy. Oh, the to gifts. Sanji. Oh, the Sanji. I was gonna say just to, to people. I'm like, come on, man. What's your Christmas spirit? I, I my Christmas spirit is I'm giving the money to Sanji. To Sanji, and Sanji yeah. goes and takes care of everything. Yeah, see, that's what I do. I don't. I don't want any parts in buying, and and I drive my family nuts because every year they ask me, "What do you want?" and I'm like, "I have no idea. I don't know." And they're like, Dad, you have everything you're, you know, and I don't, I'm My not. My kids say the same thing. I have everything. Yeah. You know, well. I'm, I'm not a big technology dude. I don't, you know, all that stuff. So I did put certain items on my list this year. And they were like shocked because my wife, my wife starts this in October, right? She sends out a, a mass uh, text, yep. group text to the family. Yep. Hey, I want your Christmas lifts now, you know, in October, late October, early November. And usually I'm the last one because I have no idea. You know what I tell my people? I tell them. You know what? Just give me gift cards to Cabela's. I shop at Cabela's all day. Yes, yes. I, I'll walk around and shop at Cabela's and, and buy stuff all day. And like, we'll even I'll even buy stuff for like my grandson and grand, you know granddaughter stuff like that for Cabela's because I, I got probably like four or five gift cards just sitting there now, I haven't used yet. You know, I'll take one. Yeah. You know, oh, John Dickinson, you funny talking about D Gun's kids bought those fish on the wall. Yeah. Okay. All right, here, John. <laughs> yeah. Keep talking. Keep talking. <laughs> keep talking. You know, Kevin Savar said, look, grill gadgets for D-Gun, long underwear for winter grilling. You know what, Kevin? <laughs> You're right to a certain degree because I got plenty of long gestures. But here's the problem. So many people have given me grilling gifts. Like, dude, I've got like these mini, they're like suitcases. And when you open them up, they got all these special uh, spatulas, prongs, yep, uh, all yep. this stuff. Dude, See, I, can't look, look. Use, I can't use all this stuff. Well, 316 is the same as me, man. Yeah. I turn the money over, and that's it. It's, it's the end for me. I'm the same way. What did he say? I, Wait, what did he say? But Gunner wants braided fishing line. Yeah, that's true. I do. <laughs> yep. The grill suitcase classic gift. That's true. It is. But you know what, Bob? It's like it's like a baseball glove. Um, you know, it's like when you break something in, man. You, you don't. You go back to what you use. You don't want the new stuff right away. I got new stuff sitting on the shelf in my garage. It's been there a couple of years. I better not. Me too. I better not say that too loud because some people might be listening. That's giving me grilling gifts, and I got ap- I got several aprons. I don't I don't even use aprons when I grill, man. Like some people do. You know what I do? I wipe my hands on my sweatshirt and stuff, right. man. <laughs> on my pants, on my jeans. You know, get get sauce stains and, and meat juices all on my clothes, and then when you go to wash them, it's like I can't get this stain out, man. I just right, messed right. up a good pair of jeans, bro. Right, right, right. You right. know what I mean, <laughs> man. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. You know, everybody goes through a lot of what we go through. But uh, coming up, we're going to step aside for a moment. Let me get uh, your theme come song, on, though. Hold up, well, hold up, man. Hold up, man. Don't break my mojo, man. I'm talking. Okay. I'm talking, no man. No you know, Rob Ellis not here today, man. <laughs> the inmates <laughs> control the asylum today, bro. You know? so, uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about Eagles football. Big showdown with the New York Giants uh, up to Jersey Turnpike coming up as well. Uh, we got to talk about Baker Mayfield last night, man. That was insane. Uh, we got our power rankings coming up later in this show as well. We're going to go through the uh, key games. And uh, I forgot to mention, the Phillies lost another pitcher, man. Um, another pitcher's gone from the Phillies' arsenal. Uh-oh. Uh, many more coming up on this Friday. Feel-good edition of Sports Beat. Oh, Sports Beat, Sports Take. He's Barry Brooks. I'm Derek Gunn. 
Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go first. Did you know taxes could be your biggest expense during retirement? Are most of your assets in tax-deferred accounts like IRAs and 401ks? Taxes are historically low today, but we're facing significant headwinds in the future. Do you have a plan? The Thrive Financial Team has more than 100 years of experience helping people across the Delaware Valley with forward-looking tax planning. Learn how to shift your money from forever tax to no or low tax accounts. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. He's about to make me write a rap song, man. I'm telling you. I'm about to come up. I'm, come, I'm about to come up with a rap song. Look at Richie Max said, D-Gun dressing like training days Denzel Washington. Come on, man. Really? Really? That's all right. King Kong ain't got nothing on me. <laughs> He's Barrett Brooks. I'm Derek Gunn. As we told you off the top of the show, Rob Ellis uh, finally took a much-needed uh, day off, a well-deserved day off today. Uh, and I like everybody in the, everybody in the chat feeling the music. B, uh, everybody saying the music fire. Uh, they they love the music, and I think I think even Xander Xander's already said several times, man, I love that beat. So yeah. we got approval approval from Xander 
you know what's happening now. Rob's going to come back Monday and be like, what in the world is happening here in terms of what happened to our game show music? Rob, game show season over. Over. Gone, baby. It's over. It's over. We're hitting a whole new era. Sports tape. We're taking the show to another. We're taking over the cartel. See what I'm saying? So, <laughs> but, you know, we got a big game coming up this weekend up the Jersey Turnpike. Uh, the New York Giants hosting the uh, best team in the NFL right now, the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, and Barrett, you know, you talked earlier in the show about the mindset of both coaches going into this game, what Nick Sirianni is telling his guys, what, you know, Brian Dabo has, has been telling these guys. And, and I've been watching, I've been looking at this matchup real close. And in, in, in a lot of ways, I think this matchup is similar to what the Eagles just faced um, against the Tennessee Titans. Now, Tennessee was, was um, I should say, a combination of what they went through with Tennessee and Green Bay. Yeah, yeah. Tennessee was good against the run, porous against the pass. Green Bay was a sieve against the run. Eagles ran all over them. Um, we know that Wink Martindale is going to deploy blitzes whenever he can in this game. But you look at the Giants defensively, they give up a lot of real estate in the running game. And, and I expect this to be, you know, whereas Jalen threw at will against the porous Titans secondary, I can see this being a dominant run game by the Eagles. I mean, Giants are giving us something like 140-plus yards a game on the ground. This should be a field day for Miles Sanders. Um, Boston Scott, you know, Boston Scott is also what they used to call him the giant killer. Right, right. He always, he always beat up on the um, on the Giants, with the exception of uh, in, in MetLife, the, the last time he played up in MetLife. Right. But he has had very, very good games against the Giants. It should be a, a run dominant game because Mick, uh, Wink, um, Martin, what's his name? Wink, um, Wink Martin, yeah, Martin, yeah, Martin, he is a blitzaholic. You know, ever since he was with the Ravens, he blitzed almost every play. They're going to try to deploy some blitz run stoppers also. You know, they people have run blitz, and they, I think they're going to try to run blitz them because they know they can't hold up up front. You look at it, man. Ozilary, yeah, he's too light in the ass to hold up against a, um, a 370-pound offensive tackle coming off the rock on him. We all know uh, Thibodeau is just too little for Lane. Lane's going to beat up on him. I and mean, if they flip, vice versa. Our tackles are too good on the outside to not run against those little bitty guys. So they're going to try to bring in more number counts. But when you do that, there might be somebody free, you know, so you can account for everybody, but not for, for, for most guys, but not every guy. Sometimes the running back has to make some guy miss, but if he makes a miss and gets past that first wave, man, it's wide open. Cause when you blitz, you're taking a chance. You're taking a chance that if they blitz, if they get in behind that blitz it's over. So that's why I think it's also be a big game for our slot receiver. You might, you know, this this is a game with that, you know, guys like um guys like Zach Pascal, um, Quez Watkins right. can have big games because they'll have side adjustments. Side adjustments are routes that you break off when you see a blitz, and your guy, and when they say an off a, a wide receiver's guy, when your guy comes, and it's not like you're gonna block him or anything like that. But once this guy that you're responsible for disappears, that means that you have to run a blitz um, route to counter it. So wherever he leaves, you got to go occupy the space he just left. So you become the blitz target. 
So you throw to the guy that just left, departed from where he just departed from, and you go into that area. And nobody's there in that area because they just they just sent a blitz. So if you have if if, if you if you can get behind that blitz, man, I'm telling mm-hmm. you, it's wide open. You know what I'm saying? Live by the sword, die by the sword. Wink Martindale has done that his entire career. He lived by the sword. He believes in his guys getting there. Especially in Baltimore. Ha- yeah, at yeah. least creating havoc. You know what I'm saying? At least making, you know, Jalen Hurts uncomfortable back there. But one thing we know Jalen Hurts does, he thrives in being uncomfortable. You can't just blitz him and not think that he can just get away from the blitz also. Right. When you blitz, you go man to man. That means you turn your back to the quarterback because you have to cover the guy that's in front of you. So you're not paying attention to what he's doing. And he's the type of quarterback that can make you pay if you blitz. You get out of your rush lanes, yeah. he will make you burn. He will get out there, and he's not going to just run for a first down. He's going to take you like 20, 40 mm-hmm. yards. He's that quick and that fast. And you can't – I mean, it's it's foolish. I, I I look at teams that that have this – you know, they try to put a guy on to, to, to you know, to – you know, be in charge of him, you know, a guy that, you know, that can, you know, a spy. Spies make no sense to me because if you have a spy, he's got to be just as fast as the quarterback. And when you spy Jalen Hurts, if you're not running a four or five, it's all for nothing because he's going to juke you and get by you and run it and, and, and take it for even more yards. So imagine him trying to spy with, 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 with Jalen Smith, the middle linebacker from, from, from Dallas. Unbelievable. I mean, that would be amazing if they were to spy him. Because if they would spy him, bro, it'd be all day. They'd be making first down. He might have 100, 160 yards. You know what I'm saying? At least Walker against Green Bay. Walker could actually run with Jalen a little bit. And you see right. how he made him look. Right, right. There's no way Jalen Smith can run with him. So, man, I, I, I almost hope they do blitz. You know, so in fact, I almost pray they blitz. Because Jalen is smart enough to get the ball to the open receiver, and he's more he's a lot athletic enough that he can get out of the pocket and make you burn for for turning your back on him uh, down the field and him running for a first down. I couldn't agree with you more, and I don't think there's any way, shape, or form that the Giants can stop this Eagles uh, a running game. But let's say that it's one of those weird Sundays. I don't feel comfortable if the Eagles if, have to throw the them NFC East Sundays. Yes, I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, I feel I'm I, I'm real nervous if the Eagles have to pass more than they run because of the Giants' ability to blitz. You know, and you're right. I agree with everything you just said. Jalen is smart enough to figure it out, but the reason the Giants have won seven games is because of their ability to catch opponents off guard, and even you know quality quarterbacks not knowing where the blitz is coming from. Now they've struggled a little bit recently. But I think that makes the game a little bit more even if somehow, some way, the Giants force the Eagles pass more than they run the ball. No, I, I you don't think so. That. No, really? bro, their their best corner right now, uh, yeah, is Fabian Moreau. Uh, yeah, good point. Yeah, he couldn't cover yeah. when he was at UCLA, yeah. let alone in the NFL. I invite that, please do. I remember when he was in Washington, please blitz. And having one on one against AJ or one on one against Smitty, oh, it'll be a field day. It'll be a field. They may, they may have four hundred yard passing. He's their best corner right now. I'm looking at Fabian Moreau is their best cornerback right now. They they gonna have guys starting like uh, two rookies, two rookies right now, uh, Dane Belton, 
He yeah. might get some run. Uh, who else is it? Uh, Nick McLeod. Who? Rodarius Williams. Yeah. Huh? I invite that. Please do. Because the two starting corners are gone. You know, Dory Jackson, he's out. Uh, Darnay Holmes, he's out. You got these guys out there trying to cover A1 receivers. A and, and A1 receivers out there. These are just... These are just like a number one and a number two. This is a number one and another number one. I, 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 please, please wink. Please blitz. Because if you blitz, that means you got one-on-one on the outside. And there's nobody in the, in the league that can cover Smitty man-to-man like that. He mm. is so dynamic in mm. how he gets off the ball and, and, and creates separation. And we all know that A.J. Brown can Debo anybody. He's catching... He's catching balls off, off, off defenders' shoulders. This should be a game where if they blitz, it'll be their business mistake. And Mick Mardell knows if he blitz, they're going to get open. And and if he stops blitzing, they're still going to be open. Mm. <laughs> Are you saying the Giants' secondary is worse than, than Tennessee's? Oh, way worse. Worse way than Tennessee's? Worse. Way I think it can get much worse than that. Way worse than Tennessee. Way worse. None of their starters are there now. I mean, Fabian Moreau wow. is their best corner. Wow. It's going to be a field day if they do that, bro. I'm telling you. Trust me when I say. Hey, Stream, remember I said this. Fabian Moreau is their, 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 their best cover guy. Yeah. If they blitz in the frequency, I think they're going to blitz. And they usually been blitzing like 40-something percent. If they blitz like that, this offense will have a field day in the air. They won't have to run the ball. They won't have to. There'll be so much separation between them and the receivers. It'll be crazy. I'm looking at the Giants' uh, last five games, and as we've talked about, they've gone one, three, and one in the last five. Uh, Seattle, they gave up 27 points. Washington uh, against Houston, they gave up 16. Against Detroit, they gave up 31. Dallas, they gave up 28. Washington, they gave up 20 points. If Detroit scored 31 on them. What in the world are the Eagles gonna do? Because when you blitz, you're blitzing, you you're you're vacating places that would be wide open in the middle of the field. But this also means that the backs have to be on on hit. They have to be on the one. They gotta understand where their blitz coverage is coming from, where where they belong in the in in the in the blitz fits. Though they gotta have a great game also. So this should be a game where hey, Boston Scott and Miles Sanders. You got to be on your P's and Q's. You know, they have to play well because they're going to have to pick up a lot of blitzes. They're going to have to scan blitz and, and watch out for people coming, man. You can't you can't allow them to get pressure up on them. And that's what happened against them um, uh, last year. Right. They didn't pick up the blitz the way they were supposed to pick up the plit, blitz. Right. And a lot of the time they were, you know, getting pushed into, into um, you know, into, into Hertz's face. You can't have like, can't allow that to happen. We need our guys up front to play, man. Like the key matchup is Dexter Lawrence against either one of our two guards. They've got to play well against him. And he's been playing at a, a Pro Bowl level. He's been their best defensive lineman uh this year. You know, not not Linda Williams, but Dexter Lawrence, kid from um kid from Clemson. Absolutely. See, the way you way you describe this, it sounds too easy, you know, in terms of what the Eagles <laughs> should be able to do. So it's let, never me that on, easy, uh, let me put it on the other side. What concerns you about this Giants team, a depleted Giants team? Because they are banged up across the board. Uh, they, you know, their back's against the wall. 
when your back's against the wall, you come back fighting. You got you got to come out. You got to throw every shot. You got to throw the kitchen sink at this Eagles team. You know they know that you know they're they're outmanned against this team. They're going to try to come in and put the punches in the mouth. They're going to try to play physical, get you caught up into a game that you don't want to be caught up into. And it, and it's imperative that the Eagles go out there, match their phys- they got to match their physicality, but they got to keep their heads about them and make sure that they 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 go out there and cross their T's and dot their I's. They got to go out there and understand that you have to run the offense, run the defense, run the special teams the way you want it. Don't let them dictate the tempo. You dictate the tempo. Yes, be physical. But be physical within the scheme work of what you need to do in your assignment. You know what I'm saying? You can't get caught out there. You know, I see a lot of guys that come out too hype and go out there and, and get distracted and start doing more than what they're supposed to be doing and not doing their job, and that's when you get beat. Do you worry about Daniel Jones taking off and running on him? Because I think the yes. pressure the pressure is going to force him to run a, a lot in this game. Absolutely, absolutely. And we saw what Tannehill did. And they saw what Tannehill did. And we've seen what Daniel Jones did to us last year. Mm-hmm. Daniel Jones had like a 70-yard run. If he didn't run like Bambi, he'd have scored that time. Like Bambi. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. Then, then, the, then the next game, he actually scored against us. He actually scored. Yeah, he he ran like a 40-yard, 34-yard like, run. I think it was like 34-yard run. run. on him. And yeah. it was a read option play. Something that the defense sees every day in Jalen Hurts. It was a read option play. He took that thing the distance. He's a good enough athlete. He can make you pay. You know, sleep on if you want to. And I think he got tracked at like he got tracked at like twenty yards or uh, twenty miles an hour. That's how fast he was running. Twenty miles an hour. Yes, Daniel Jones was out the gate. I, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, and I'm not, I don't think I am, but he got clocked at like twenty miles an hour. The fame, in fact, he was the fastest quarterback. Um, um, he had the fastest quarterback run last year. What? Yes, not Lamar Jackson, but Daniel Jones. Not Jalen. Not Jalen Hurts. Not, Daniel, not Jalen Hurts. Not not Lamar Jackson. No, it was Daniel Jones. Had to clock the fastest time last year as a quarterback. Look it up. <laughs> Are you serious? Yes, sir. Man. Yes, so, sir. He is so, an athlete, bro. So if they control Saquon, they have him right where they want him. Absolutely, because he is the offense. Where he Plus, goes. he's hurt. He's got. I think he's got a neck stinger. We don't know if that's smoke screen or not. But smoke uh, from what we told, Brian Dabo said, you know, he's got a neck, neck a sprained neck or something like that. But yeah, I, I look at that as a smoke screen screen because even though Saquon hasn't come close to 100 yard rushing in the last three games, he's still that dude. You know what I'm saying? The way yeah, he's been yeah. playing this year, he is still that dude. Bro, he's he's playing and he's playing at a great level. Um, and he's playing with guys that some of these guys shouldn't be in the NFL. Like a couple of their players on the offensive line should not be in the uh, NFL, bro. Oh, that bad. Oh, for real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're playing with second and third teams. In fact, they got old Jack Anderson. Remember Jack Anderson? Absolutely. Yes. He was here. Uh, he was here. He's in camp this year, I think. He was in camp this year. He's he's playing for him. And best believe he's probably he's getting up all tape. <laughs> He's going to all tape to the defensive line. Hey, this is what you got to do with this. Make sure you do that. You know what I mean? We, we, we look at what this Eagles team has accomplished up to this point. One loss. You look at the variety of ways they arrived at this destination. What has, what has impressed you the most about the overall demeanor 
and makeup of this team. Not just one player, but collectively. The Eagles or, or, the, or the Giants? <clears throat> the Eagles. <clears throat> collectively, I, I, I just think that they have one goal. Everybody has one goal. A lot of times you have teams where guys have their own individual goals. I don't think this team really lets those type of things um, dictate how they play. They have one goal. Their goal is to be the best team they could be. They don't, they don't necessarily worry about, uh, you know, just like, for instance, like the offensive coordinator. Shane does not think or does he try to formulate things right. that, that, that try to counter what the team does. He works on, for the majority of things, you know, stuff that he had to work on from the previous game. He tries to get his offense better at going out there and being the best version of them, you know what I'm saying? Running the best plays that fit them, what they feel comfortable with. Yep. Yes, they'll have a game plan in which they go in and try to, you know, dictate tempo against, you know, like they're, they're bad against the run. They'll have um, a heavy run, you know, focused on, on, you know, what they bring to the table, but it's more so what they do best and not necessarily what the, what the uh, defense is doing best on the opposite side of the ball. Um, I think that, you know, Gannon does it the opposite way. Gannon sees what they what they do best, and he wants to stop that. You know, of course, on the defense side of the ball, you have to do that. But um, he now has people in place that he can use. Like there used to be, the, you know, everybody wanted to stop the run. Yes, they can stop the run now. The guys up front. So how do, how are teams going to counter that? Teams are going to counter that by all right. You're going to put we're going to put heavy formation out there. We have two receivers on the field. We have two tight ends on the field. I want to see if you can cover our tight ends. I want to see if you can cover our receivers. If you're are your corners and, and linebackers good enough to cover them. So he really feels though he does right now. Now, I don't know what the um status of White is. Did White practice this? Um, um I think it was like like limited. Limited practice. Mm. I'll tell you what, you put the young fella in there. Yeah, Nicobe. Nicobe Dean had yeah. 15 plays, 16 plays. And fifteen plays, yeah, fifteen yeah. snaps, and he co-led he co-led the team in tackles with six. And I think the the most impressive tackle was his first one, right. where he was trying to shed a defender falling back and tackled Derrick Henry with one hand. Right, right. That's that's the Kobe Dean, and and his reaction is is he reads the play, reacts, and goes. He sniffs it, he goes. You know what I'm saying? I was watching one of those Baldy breakdowns. Ball is like, look, I don't know if this was a blitz. Or he just read it that fast. But next thing you know, as soon as the ball was snapped, he saw something. He read his triangle and was gone. You know, see, linebackers got to look. They got to look through the triangle. They got to go from both guards to the running back. That's their triangle. Mm. So if one guard, the guard, the, the linebacker, I mean, uh, the guard in front of him, if he pulls, that's his reaction. He's trying to follow it. If he tries to scoop, his reaction, and boom, he goes. He's reacting so fast that the line is not even getting a chance to get off on the block. They're not even getting it to the, to the, to the double team block before he's coming downhill and making a play. That's, you know, it, that kid's going to be good, man. I, I didn't think he was ready to play just yet, but looking at him, he's ready. <laughs> he's okay. ready. Okay. He's just not, but he's not better than with the guys in front of him right now. Cause okay. white. Yeah. And, and, and TJ Edwards are, are, are good. They're, they're, they're playing at a, a great level. But he's right there, tip for tat with him. Like if they had to go in with the defense where they had to play a three line of defense, right. you know, like a base front defense. Right, right. There's no way he couldn't come in there and play phenomenally in the inside and play well. 
Mm. He could do it. Play Will linebacker and Mike linebacker. Okay. He impressed me. Okay. All right. Uh, we're going to step aside right now and take a pause for the calls. I got my notes everywhere. Oh, see, here he is. Daniel Jones was clocked at 21.23 miles per hour. Woo! That's Pre- from Al Coleman. Coleman. 21.23 miles an hour? Yes. That's, I, hey, that's D-Gun speed from the couch to the refrigerator. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? All right, we're going to step aside for just a moment and take a pause for the calls. Coming up next, uh, we have former Giants great linebacker Carl Banks who will be joining us to give us his perspective, his insights on the New York Giants and their struggles as of late and do they have a fighting chance against the Philadelphia Eagles. That man right there with the with the Viking mug is Barrett Brooks. <laughs> I'm Derek Gunn. Rob Bellis off today, finally taking a day off. He hadn't taken a day off since we started this show April 18th, but he's taking a well-deserved day off. This is the Friday feel-good edition of Sports Take, which we have a potential new open show music. Sanders, pump that beat, baby, we go to break. Woo! I feel like Snoop Dogg right now. <laughs> go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philly. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, Hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. 
all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Delphi Eagles, we're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Did you know taxes could be your biggest expense during retirement? Are most of your assets in tax-deferred accounts like IRAs and 401ks? Taxes are historically low today, but we're facing significant headwinds in the future. Do you have a plan? The Thrive Financial Team has more than 100 years of experience helping people across the Delaware Valley with forward-looking tax planning. Learn how to shift your money from forever tax to no or low tax accounts. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. absorbs you you know what i'm saying just put your hand on your your electronic apparatus and let the vibes flow through that's all you got to do welcome back to this edition of sports take on this feel good friday he's barrett brooks i'm Derek gunner as we told you throughout the course of the show rob ellis uh took off a much we needed and well deserved day off all right uh we told you uh we're gonna have a special guest on the show and um I've known, I had a chance to know him, Xander. I'm assuming he's ready to go. Um, um, I've known him for for quite some time. Uh, let me see what Xander's telling me right now. Okay, okay, stand by. He, Xander says stand by. He's working on him. So Xander's going to give me the update. But we got a special guest. We're going to go behind enemy lines and get the real deal on the New York Giants. Somebody who's a, a well-established alumni of the New York Giants. And Barrett, I will go so far as to say that he played on one of the greatest linebacking trios in the history of the game. Uh, when you think about it was him. Oh, no Lawrence question Taylor, about that. Yep. Harry Carsons. I mean, back in the day when they were wrecking people, man, you know, uh, he's won, uh, won, won a couple of uh, 
uh, Super Bowls and, and Ball 316. No, Carl is not on the same train as D. No, he's not on the same <laughs> train. So you can you can stop all that mess right now. And so, as I promised, uh, standing by and joining us right now is a man I'm proud to say I've known for quite some time. Um, you know, I, I I loved watching him when he played. I grew up a Packers fan, so you know, whenever you played the Packers, I hated the Giants. But <laughs> I love watching you play. And as I said a moment ago, played him arguably one of the the best linebacking trios in the history of pro football. Two-time uh, Super Bowl champion, made the all 1980s decade team. Uh, you can find him now on what Sirius NFL Radio WFAN. Am I correct? Still on WFAN? Yeah, and uh, the Believe in Giants podcast. Bob <sighs> Papa and I do. Man. You know, and you also understand you're the founder of what, and you got to correct me if I'm wrong. G3 Sports. Yeah, G3 Sports by Carl Banks. One of my brands is Starter. You know, okay. the uh, Starter the starter brand is mine. So we're rocking and rolling with that. We have a few wow. other brands there. So, yeah. Look at yeah. you, man. How you been? I've been great. You know what? The, the biggest thing about it, we've known each other for years, but I've never shared a meal with you off your grill. So that's going to happen. <laughs> Oh, that's not you too. Happened by this summer. Yes, not you too. I sit and watch social media, and I'm like, oh. "Man, this guy got my mouth watering." <laughs> Carl, I'll tell you the truth, man. You got to infiltrate his family. You got to go in and and you got to get to know Trish and and, and, and the kids, because then they you then you can. Um, hey, Trish, um, or or, or uh, can, can I can I come get some barbecue? Sure. <laughs> then I lock at the door. What are you he doing here? Lie, he ain't never lied, man. I'm telling you, man. But, you know, Barrett, I'm going to tell you a quick story. Um, and, and I got to know this gentleman because, you know, he covers the Giants. I cover the Eagles. And, you know, going up and down the turnpike, I'd see him. And he would see me. And, we would, you know, we would acknowledge each other. And then one day I'm saying, hey, D-Gun, how you doing? And I'm thinking, how in the world does he know my name? You know, he's in New York. How does he know my name? And then he told me the story that I'm – now, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe you were dating somebody from Philadelphia. At the time, yeah. is that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said he would come down here all the time, so he would check out the local media yeah. scene. And yeah. that's how. And I was like, I was honored that he knew my. I'm like, this is this is Carl Banks. He knows my name, you know. Yeah, Carl, he still don't know my name, and I work with him every day. <laughs> hey, Carl, you you don't want to you don't want to know what I call Barrett every day. Man. You don't you don't hear this, man. It ain't pretty, but man, I appreciate you giving us some time because I know you're busy. But man, t- tell us about these Giants, man. I mean, they start out being one of the surprise talks of the league, they jump out to a seven and two record. And now all mm-hmm. of a sudden this, this spiraling downward, they're one, three and one over their last five. What has been the biggest problem with the giants as we see them over the last five games compared to that team that was shocking the world and jumped out to a seven and two record? Well, I think it's to, to understand the giants is basically to understand the league. It's a league of have and have nots. I mean, listen, um, when you have, the talent base, you can you can jump out ahead. And then the have-nots, if you don't make a lot of mistakes and you're fighting in your weight class or punching just slightly above your weight class, mm-hmm. you have a chance to win. So those, are, those games are on the schedule every year. Um, it just depends on where they fall. The Giants got theirs early on. Um, and then the reality hits that, you know, you are what you started the season as and you mm-hmm. just – you got better coaching. Um, you're going to have some opportunities because the NFL gives every team opportunity. There's a path to victory in every game, it, you know, it, because humans play it. Yeah. You right, know, right, a fumble right. here, there, whatever, you know. So, um, but 
this is what this is who they are. No one, no one at the beginning of the year had them having a conversation about you know a wild card playoffs. They were just hoping to get a couple games extra in. So, listen, um, they're going to enjoy it. They'll have an opportunity to win some more games before this is all said and done. But I don't think anybody had expectations of hey, this thing is going to ride all the way out, and we're going to just be on a eight or nine game uh, winning streak. But that being said, I do have to say, so I have to get this out of the way um, because I called, I made a random call to Mike quick uh, about a week and a half, two weeks ago. It was in the evening. It was raining. I just said, I need to call and get this off my chest. So I'm going to do it here too. Cause I know you got more Philly Eagle fans watching. Yeah. Y'all so good. It's damn disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> and if you know, you got to know how much that pains me to say that, but it's disgusting. It's disgusting how good the Philadelphia Eagles are. They are tough, man. They are tough, man. But Listen, I, I, I am, and you know what? I ain't got, I got a problem saying it, but I have no problem acknowledging them dudes is good, man. It's so, they so good, it's disgusting. But you know what? This didn't happen overnight. They built this. If you look at some of the acquisitions over the last couple of years, two or three years by Howie, this is this is by design. But to my earlier point, the haves and the have-nots in this league, you have the Eagles, you have um, the, the Kansas City Chiefs, and you have a few other guys that you can look at from week to week and say you kind of know what's going to happen. Mm. right? And you know the problems that they present for their opponents. And then you look at the rest of the league. It's just like, okay, well, it's a revolving door at inside uh, interior alignment for a lot of teams or the tackle and the quarterback is only as good as the weapons he has around him. And you know that the weapons around him are not very good. So it's, these are, these are toss up games that you can end up accumulating eight or nine wins mm. when it's all said or done. Mm. Well, that's what it is. The parody in the league is, is, is very yeah. prevalent, you know, but when I look at, you know, what Dable has done with Daniel Jones, I thought Daniel Jones was so far gone as a, as a, as a quarterback. Mm-hmm. And he has really taken and maximized his strengths and taken away from his weaknesses and have him playing pretty well, man. From what yeah. I watched on him, he's using his athleticism. He's using, he's mm-hmm. using Daniel Jones the right way. Yeah. It's amazing um, with coaching in today's NFL looks like to a quarterback who plays in this type of game because you know what they were doing with Joe Judge that that offense was back when I played right right and they've entered the new the new era of of, of uh NFL football they move their quarterback they allow him to use his skill set and you know if you have a guy that has a relatively high football IQ um, and he has some athleticism, can make good decisions, you have something. You know, everybody has this, this idea of, of the, you know, our quarterback is not as good. Like, if he's good enough, then understand there's five really good quarterbacks in this league, five to eight, yep. right? And they ain't being cut by anybody. So what you got <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> is what you got, right? So if you got a guy who can make good decisions with the football, Hey, Jimmy Garoppolo got him to the Super Bowl. Right, right, exactly. Right, yep. And they're still not giving him any designation greater than he's a game manager. He mm. just managed to win games for him. So, you know, when you it, – it's different 
from when when fans see this game, they have this idea, but the reality is not played out in Madden football. It's played out in real life. Ah, da, da. Exactly. Right? And, you know, a year ago after the playoffs, they thought Jalen Hurts weren't worth a darn, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, get rid of him. And, well, even more, but Jalen is a, a better example. But look at Justin Fields. Halfway, five games into the season, they're like, well, this coach didn't, didn't draft him. This GM didn't draft him. They're not married to him. And then you said, well, maybe if they give him something that he can do, mm-hmm. it might look a little different, right? So you take and you give Jalen Hurts all the credit in the world because he's worked his craft, right? But the marrying of what he does well to his high football IQ makes him one of the most dangerous football players in the league. And just a year ago, they wanted to throw him in the trash. Right. <laughs> right. Literally, they wanted to throw him in the trash. Oh, he can't throw from the pocket. He can't. Well, damn, he's doing throwing from the pocket, throwing on the run left, throwing on the run right. Right. And <laughs> making great decisions with the football. So, I mean, what were y'all saying a year ago? Maybe you should say, hey, maybe if he works a little bit at and they marry this offense to him, which Shanahan does a great job of in San Francisco of marrying the offense to the, the skill set of the players and the quarterback. So back to your point, Bear, th- that's what Joe Judge is doing. Joe mm-hmm. Judge and Mike Kafka, uh, both guys, you know, um, I said Joe Judge. God forgive me. Brian Dable. <laughs> Brian Dable, you know, he had Josh Allen, a guy that everybody wanted to throw away, yeah. right? And um, Mike Kafka is um, coming from the Andy Reid um, – Patrick Mahomes. So they know mm-hmm. how to marry skill with, you know, with skill. So they, they get it and their players love it and they respond to them. You know, Carl, I, I look at you, look at your giants offense, especially the last couple of weeks, you know, Saquon hasn't had a hundred yard game in his last three games. Now, um, if you control him, do you control this giants offense? I know they've had some problems along the offensive line. Um, I guess that's the, the short answer to it. Okay. Um, the reason you can control him, there, there are several things. The interior of their offensive line has not – it wasn't great when they were um, all healthy, mm-hmm. but they were effective. <laughs> um, now that they have a lot of guys in and out, it's hard to develop some type of uh, symmetry with how guys are blocking for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so to answer your question, yes. The other part of it is – when you have one receiver, um, you, that's not enough to take an extra guy or two extra guys out of the box. So mm-hmm. um, the opponents can say, okay, we're going to walk eight in here, maybe nine. I think we can hold up on the outside. Let's see what you can do. And until you can get another receiver who can actually get something accomplished without having to scheme it, um, you'll be you'll be able to lighten the box a little bit, and Saquon will have a little bit more of an opportunity. But I think their rushing yards right now is a combination of, you know, him, the quarterback, and uh, Matt Breida, who comes in the game as well. Like mm-hmm. they need to get close to 100 yards, no matter who's doing it, or if it's by a combination of stuff, they've got to be able to get that to keep their offense on track. Wow. Well, let me ask from a defensive standpoint. You know, I know this especially, but. I mean, 
You look at the linebacker. Well, no, you look at the DNs. Ojalary... Well, talk about the linebackers. Because <laughs> <laughs> I got a love hate with that group. Here we go. Here we well, go. We'll, yeah, we'll get to them. But okay. I'm looking at um, Thibodeau and Ojalary. They're the same size as you and Pepper um, playing linebacker. They're to me, they're they're small. I mean, how do you stop a team with our offensive line? running against those little guys, man. I mean, I don't understand, you know, how those guys can hold up. Um, well, they got to figure it out, you know. But they, <laughs> have, they have two guys on the inside with uh, Dexter Lawrence and um, Leonard Williams, who are the guys who kind of press the issue mm-hmm. in the middle of the defense. But that's the biggest hack going now in the, the NFL now because – Teams were convinced that because it was a quote-unquote passing league, you needed smaller players, quicker players. And the offensive coordinator said, yeah, we're going to stay with four wide receivers, so we're going to make you draft personnel for that, but we're going to get some big old jokers in the middle of our offensive line, and we're just going <laughs> to run down on all these little <laughs> tiny linebackers. And that's what's happening because like the Giants inside linebackers – you know, um, I have a love-hate relationship with them, and I see it's the same thing across the league. They're all undersized yep. Yep. and undisciplined yep. um, because they don't know run fits. They're just thinking about the pass. And I'm like, these offensive line, the, the offensive coordinators figured it out, like, we're going to make them think that it's a passing league, but we're going to run down on these look at so we'll have so much balance in our offense, people won't know, won't know, won't know what to think. Absolutely. You know, and then if you start drafting bigger people, they're going to say, well, we're just going to pass it outside now because, you know, y'all got bigger and slower. Carl, I remember I first got in the league and and I was playing and I I, I had linebacker line. I played against linebacker line. Like the smallest guy I played, played was, was, was against was Sam Mills. Yeah. But he stuck his, his he stuck his helmet right in my chest. Yeah. Took every bit of wind out of me, man. They yeah. just played the game different. Pat Swilling, up big linebackers. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. it's just changed so much these days. But I will tell you this. If I took a Seth Joyner and a Wilbur Marshall and I dropped them in the game today, uh-huh. they would be neck and neck for defensive player of the year. <laughs> no mm. question about that. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> like, like those guys, because they fit their style of play, they, it traveled from whatever to whatever. Yep, yep. But, yep. like, they would completely obliterate the game today as linebackers. Oh, no question about that. No mm. question. Hi, hey, hey, Carl, how is it you guys have Jalen Smith, who walked off the street, <laughs> starting in the middle of your defense, man? How – what? You couldn't find somebody else? No. I mean, Jalen is a – you know, he's a hair on – he plays like his hair is on fire. The, the thing you have to do is – Point him in the direction of the fire. Um, oh, jeez! Because he'll go, he'll go a thousand miles an hour. But his biggest thing, even when he was in Dallas, was just the discipline to to be in his run fits. You yeah, know, yeah. These guys, again, they all want these clean runs and hits, and because they, it's a passing league. They think, yeah. but now that you've got to have some responsibility because offenses have got smarter. And they're going to actually have running plays that you had to go in and you got to have a run fit on. And they, they just don't like doing that. So, um, but he's capable. Um, Tate Crowder's another kid that, you know, he was Mr. Irrelevant when he was drafted. And he somehow has figured out how to be a starting linebacker in the league uh, because at the time he could run around, right? Yeah, but yeah. 
there's a fire, folks. You got to run into it. You, get, you know, <laughs> it's um, but but it's it's like that around the league. I look at the the uh, Eagles linebackers, and if they have good run fits, the guys up front do a great job for them. If they're undisciplined in their run fits, they're wasting Fletcher Cox and and, and Graham and those guys wasting their time because they, they're doing what they're supposed to do. You run out of the hole and it's a 15-yard gain. And all you got to do is be right in the hole. You're either going to make the tackle or those guys going to come off a block and, and make the tackle for no gain or a one-yard loss. But they don't, you know, they, it's just a different um, – type of player right now that they just got to get more disciplined about what they do. But that's, I think that's plaguing a lot of teams around the NFL at the inside at the sec. I call it the second level linebacker position. Yeah. They just, they don't know run fits and they're not disciplined enough to just go do, let the big guys do the job up front. And you, you'll have a lot of tackles at the end of the game. Carl, mm. I said the same thing. I said, our, we have a guy, TJ Edwards. He wasn't drafted, mm-hmm. but he had he he activated our linebackers because he showed where guys would they would also like come up and double team our three techniques mm-hmm. and the linebackers would stay at, at linebacker depth. But instead of him coming down and attacking that yeah. and getting a one-on-one block, and you can win off a one-on-one block, they would stay. He activated the linebacker. I say he activated him because they started seeing him going up and attacking a double yeah. team. Yeah. Now guys are free to make plays. Yep. And that's I mean, that's basic football. It never changes. Um but you got to have second level linebackers that are willing to do that. And it, you know, I think they're so used to not having contact that they think they're going to get obliterated. But again, when you got Fletcher Cox or the rookie kid that you guys, that's just Davis, big Davis. Yeah. Yeah. Big Davis, yeah. Like you run up in there, them guys going to make your job so much easier. Yep. You run out of there. It's a 15, 20 yard gain and everybody's <laughs> pissed, right? And you're down, you're velcroed to some guy because you were afraid to go step up toward. They make your job easy. Just they're being double team. Go just fit in the hole. Watch what happens. <laughs> you know, minimal contact at best. And the, you know, you get a great, a great tackle by either yourself or the defensive lineman. Hey, hey, girl, what has more impressed you this season uh with the Giants? What Dable has been able to do with the offense or what Martindale has done with the defense? Wow. I think it's, it's, uh, it's a combination, but I think um, it's Dable with the offense. Okay. Because the biggest mystery uh, was Daniel Jones and um, Saquon Barkley. And if nothing else, he's able to get consistency out of them. Mm-hmm. Um, they've coordinated the offensive line and given them a plan that um, they could have some success with. And right. so I think that's, and again, they entered 2022 uh, era of football last year. They were back in the 1900s, 1990s, 2000s. And, you know, it's the game evolved so much and these guys are embracing it. The players are. And I, so I think it's the, the offense that that made the biggest difference for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, no no disrespect to Wink. Right. Because uh, yeah. Wink's a wizard. Um, but I just think offensively they needed to enter this era of, of NFL football, and they did that with this this offensive group. How are they able to run an offense? Like you have a you have a one of the highest paid wide receivers has not pissed a drop for you guys. Kenny Galladay. Yeah. Uh, you got guys, you know, Darius Slayton's your best guy right now, but 
I mean, you're able to go out there with Seals, uh, Hodgkins, and James, and and, and run a you know effective offense, man. Yeah. How is he able to do that at this point? That's that's the most impressive part, right? So they get every single player prepared, um, and you know they're going to be limited to their skill set. And there's you you know sometimes you're limited to scheming your whole offense, which if you don't have anybody who can flip the field for you, you could be you know eight, 10 plays and not even at midfield and you started at the 20. You, know, <laughs> right. you got to scheme everything. It's true. You know, when you got to scheme oh. your, your offense, your, your, um, your pass plays, and you don't have a guy who can just win, your focus is, hey, just catch the ball and let's get three, five yards, seven yards. Um, but that's what those guys can do. And Darius Slayton is now, he's got his confidence back uh, that he struggled with at the end of last year and, and part of this year, but like, he's a guy who can flip the field for you, but that's just one. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you can't, uh, if you can't protect the quarterback long enough for him to, you know, run some of his deep routes, then um, that's going to be a challenge. So uh, I, I just think that this coaching staff has done a really good job of just getting guys prepared offensively and they lose guys, Another guy steps in and he knows what his role is and they don't miss a beat. Well, let's flip that to Wink Martindale now. He's got a Dory Jackson out. He's got Holmes out. Right now, Fabian Moreau is your best corner. Yeah. How? 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 Listen, this is today's NFL, man. You get your guys guys, uh, ready and prepared and they know what's expected of them. Um, they go out and they produce. Now, the other thing, too, Wink is interesting because he's from Buddy and Rex's school of thought. Like, mm-hmm. if you can block them all. Um, if you can block what I'm bringing and still get the ball to your guy, hats off to you. <clears throat> but I'm going to bring so many people. I'm going to dictate a few things that you can do. And I can put a favor in Monroe out there. Right? Yeah. Uh, or Cordell Flott. I'm going to put them out there and, you know, they ain't got to cover for long if I do my job up front. Now, the thing is, they've struggled a little bit up front. Uh, now that they got Ojolari back, they're bringing more pressure. But that is that is the philosophy. He's always had that. He did it in Baltimore a lot. But you're also limited to the available talent, right? There's mm. so much you can do to have the, the desired effect. And then there are going to be times where they don't hold up and you're going to give up some big plays. And they've done that, but they they do a better job in the red area. It's where they can, when the field shrinks, they can do a little more or cover a little better. So they are, um, you know, I, I love Wink, you know, because mm-hmm. I, I grew up in that Nick Saban and Bill Belichick uh, style of defense. And I, I understand all schemes, but for what they do now is perfect for today's NFL. Hey, Carl, got to ask you before we let you go. Um, new ownership, new, new direction comes in uh, management wise, new head coach, new defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. And James Bradbury is one of the odd men out with the Giants. He comes down here in a one year contract. All of a sudden, he's playing at a Pro Bowl level. Uh, your thoughts on him being cast aside by the Giants and, and, and resurrecting himself down here? Yeah, I don't I don't know if he was cast aside. I think a lot of people hated to see him go. Yeah. But um the Giants were in salary cap hell. And okay. I, I I will okay. venture to say if they could have cut the receiver, um 
and Can kept him, yeah and kept Call him they would have but cutting mm-hmm. the receiver would put them deeper in the hole Jeez. and so I think they just needed the relief um, and they they knew what they were letting go and they knew that they were going to have to rebuild those positions anyway. Um, but I don't think they wanted to let him go. I think they okay. really wanted to keep him. Um, and he's such a good dude too, man. That's one of yeah. my favorite, one of my favorite guys. Um, but yeah, I mean, you got to make tough decisions when you've made a bunch of bad ones in the past, they come back to haunt you because the guy that you fired just pushed all of that mess in the middle of the floor and say, it's up to you to clean it up and make it look like something. So um, that's why I said, you know, the expectation wasn't to be a Super Bowl contender this year. It was to show improvement. And they've, I think, somehow, um, in some ways, exceeded expectations in terms of, you know, where you see the direction of this team. But they know they have a ways to go. And I got one final question before I let you go. I do a pre and post game show with Seth Joyner every week. Yeah. And you know how Seth is about telling you what he feels, especially yeah. when things are going wrong. Yeah. Right. Sometimes I watch football with Seth and I have to slide this way. I'm like, this man about to about to throw at somebody, man. <laughs> I, I just I just gotta give him his space, you know. But my question to you is this as a as a radio analyst for Giants game, especially when it's frustrating, how difficult is it for you to be politically correct, knowing who, who's who's paying your check, but yet being as honest as you can possibly be about what you're seeing when you watch this thing? Yeah, so we we have a unique uh, situation here in New York. Our ownership um, tells us that our fans want the truth. Okay. Um, but he said, you know, our owner says, just don't make it personal. You can say a guy stunk on a play, yeah, but don't call him a name in saying it. You know, right? right. So, um, and the other part, the beautiful part about my job, yeah. Seth's job, and Mike Quick's job as guys who are, who played at a very high level and understand this game. Yeah. We understand how the game is played and how it should be played, meaning the mechanics, right? Take the emotion out of it. And I know I hear Seth, he gets, he gets really frustrated because some of the stuff that should be easy, uh, these guys make it so much harder. Right. But um, I think we are appreciated because we're not cheerleaders. Seth is not a cheerleader. Mm-hmm. Mike Quick is not a cheerleader, right? He'll tell you what's going on. Um, and fans appreciate that because if you're listening, we are the eyes to those fans' ears. Right, right. right? They want to know what happened, right? They don't want to hear a bunch of nonsense and, you know, um, dancing around it. They want to know what happened and why it happened. And you know, if you listen to Mike, if you listen to or watch um, Seth Joyner, you're going to know exactly what the hell happened. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And um, and he'll tell you why both of those guys tell you why it happened the way it happened, because guy ran the wrong route or he was. supposed. It's not and it's not like we sit in meetings with coaches, but we know the game at that level. Right. Right. And we're not projecting our skill set on someone else. We're looking at the basics of the game. Right. If your quarterback's back foot hitting your your um, wide receiver is not even into his route good, mm-hmm. then your wide receiver can't release. He, he doesn't know how to release. Right. And I just went on for what five minutes talking about linebacker fits. Right. 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 And how it works together when you have really good defensive linemen. Teams are afforded to have average linebackers as long as they do what they're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. 
right? Those are the things we give fans that a lot, and I'll be honest, a lot of other um, analysts don't do that because they're afraid of pissing off the owner and not saying something that um, is true, right? I don't have fear of that on my job, and I know Seth wouldn't give a damn if they fired him for telling the truth. Still exactly. won't. Still doesn't. Still doesn't. You see care. what I'm saying? He gonna yeah. tell you the truth, and yeah. the same with Mike. But I think our fan bases appreciates the honesty yeah. because we really want to know. They really want to know what's going on, and they trust us to tell them what's going on. All right, he is two times Super Wait, Bowl. Wait, you got one more question. No, what I do? Ask me how good the Eagles are. Just say, Carl, how good are the Eagles? Okay, all right, real quick. How good are the Eagles? They're freaking disgusting. They're so good. <laughs> Disgustingly good. It just makes me sick, but they are that good. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right, you know what? I just want you to take a deep breath. No, it is what it is, bro. It is what it is. Ain't much you can do. You know, it's, it oh, is what goodness. it is. Hey, man, look, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to talk to us today, me, man. Very you know, appreciate well, it, man. Thank you, man. He is the one and only Carl Banks, two-time Super Bowl champion. You can follow him on his Twitter platform. Also follow him on Sirius NFL Radio, WFAN. He is also a radio analyst for Giants Broadcast. Great dude. I've gotten to know well over the years, man. And, uh, you know, you talk about insightful, man. You know, I love, I love talking to dudes from old school football, man. You know, because they see the game differently than how it's, Absolutely. We see it today and how it's played. Even you, you know, you see it differently than how we see it, you know, because you played it back then, back in, in the early, the mid-90s, mm-hmm. you know, on up to the early to mid-2000s compared to what it is now. Right. So, you know, uh, we're running a little bit long. We're going to take a pause for the cause right now. Coming up on the other side of this break is uh, is a former colleague, but still a friend, current colleague, still a friend of Barrett Brooks. Uh, he is the one and only Dave Zangaro from NBC Sports Philadelphia who covers the Eagles. That and more coming up on this Friday edition of Sports Take as we're seeing to break one more time. Xander, play that beat, baby. <laughs> Yo, Xander's sleeping, man. Here we go. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go Bird! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go Bird.
Did you know taxes could be your biggest expense during retirement? Are most of your assets in tax-deferred accounts like IRAs and 401ks? Taxes are historically low today, but we're facing significant headwinds in the future. Do you have a plan? The Thrive Financial Team has more than 100 years of experience helping people across the Delaware Valley with forward-looking tax planning. Learn how to shift your money from forever tax to no or low tax accounts. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. This song's stuck in my head now, man. I'm going to be out shopping later today, and it's going to be in my head, and I'm going to be bopping people like, what's wrong with this dude, man? That's that's not a bad song to bop to, though. That's I know, man. Yeah. You know, we go back to our 80s swerve, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that, that yeah, cool yeah, walk yeah, we used to yeah, have. yeah. All right, uh, we've been running a little bit long, and uh, I know my man's been standing by, and I appreciate him as always. Uh, you know, uh, I had the privilege of working with him for, for many years, and, and I've always loved his work. Uh, still do. I, I, I watch him and I listen to him whenever I get the opportunity. Uh, former co-worker of mine, always will be a friend of mine, currently works for Bear Brooks. Dave Sangaro from NBC Sports Philadelphia. How you doing, brother? I'm good. It's good to see you, man. How are you? Good, man. Good. All right. First thing I have to ask you is this. Give us an update on the Eagles injury report as you know it right now. Yeah, uh, they're relatively healthy. You look over at the Giants and they have a ton of players, important players that are yeah either going to play or aren't going to play, but are, you know, they're banged up. Uh, Eagles right now, Sean Bradley hasn't practiced all week. He's probably going to be out when that injury report comes out, which, I mean, he's a significant special teams player, but, you know, not a starter. Um, the two guys who have been limited all week, Quez Watkins and Kaiser White, I expect them to play. Okay. Um, and then that's the only guys on the injury report. The other big name is Avante Maddox. Said he had a pretty good week of practice, got through it all. He has a hamstring injury. So, you know, in the back of your mind, it's like maybe you should be cautious. But if he's ready to go, and I think he is, he'll be activated on Saturday for this game. And that's a big matchup, too, because they have you know, Darius Slayton's really the only receiver they have worth covering. And yeah. uh, he's, he's a slot a, guy, right? Yeah. I mean, especially since the Sterling Shepard injury, he's been playing a lot more in the slot. So getting Avante back for this one will be big. But, it's amazing how I'll knock on wood here how healthy the Eagles are right now. I know they have a few guys on IR, but I mean, you're expecting to get all those guys back. And you look at a team like the Giants, I mean, big names, you know, no Adoree Jackson, no Xavier McKinney, Saquon Barkley is hurt now. You have Leonard Williams dealing with an injury. Like all these players over there 
significant players are hurt. The Eagles don't really have that right now. Mm-hmm. When you look at um, you you look at this Eagles roster going into this game and going into the belief of who they are. Do you think they take advantage of the run game or passing game? Um, you know, because we've seen both the you know versatility of both uh, run and pass being significant in the last two games. What direction do you see them going in this game? Yeah, I mean, I really, I, I think they can do both, <laughs> right? <laughs> in this game, I mean, I, I really do. Uh, you can run on the Giants. They're giving up big chunks of yardage on the ground, and obviously, we know their mo on defense is they they just blitz more than any team. They blitz and then they play a man behind it, uh, and they're so banged up with the cornerback position. Adoree's out. Um, they have a few other corners hurt. Their only healthy corner is Fabian Moreau. So. You know, and he's okay. But if you're asking me, do I like the receiver one-on-one matchups against those corners? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, now you have to give Jalen time enough against the blitz, but they have blitz beaters now. And you and I were talking about this uh, yesterday, Barrett. Like, I want to see what it looks like against such a heavy blitz team. We saw mm-hmm. it in week five against Vance Joseph and the Cardinals, and it was just screen, 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 mm-hmm. screen. And it kind of worked, but it was boring, and I thought they had better answers. And since then, we obviously haven't seen them get blitzed as much, but we've seen the next like level of evolution there from Jalen and from the offense. So I'm hoping we see a, a mixture of things to beat the blitz in this game because just from a purely talent standpoint, I mean, they have the horses to do it. Hey, Dave, Rob Ellis brought up something earlier in the week, and I want to ask you this. Have, have we become spoiled? by this Eagles team because they're so good. It's I think you know I was talking about this to someone this week. They're like they're good and they're kind of boring because they're so good. Yeah. Like they're just they're there's no drama. They just you know even the game they lost this year was actually like the most impressive post game locker room I've been in all year mm. because it, they lost that game to Washington and it was a bad loss. Like they they lost that game. Washington they won it, but the Eagles lost that more than Washington right. won it. And it was so encouraging in that locker room. Just there was zero panic. It was, yeah, we know exactly why we lost. We just got to fix those things. Um, it, it, they're, they're running like a machine right now. And, you know, when they were rattling all these wins off early in the season, you were wondering like, oh, man, is this another, you know, Steelers team from a few years ago or even the Cardinals from last year where they get off to this hot start and then when it matters, they tail off. And that was the fear. You want to peak at the right time. They might just peak all year, and and that's okay. Teams do that. It, it's rarer for that to happen, like to to lose one or two games all year and go into the playoffs as the number one seed. But um, yeah, they're doing it, and they're they're just a really impressive team. It, it's a very complete team too. It's mm-hmm. like, that's the fun part. And last week, even special teams got in the mix finally and had a good game. But you know, offensively and defensively, they're. <laughs> They're one of the most balanced teams in the league. If not, I, you know, I think they probably are the most balanced team in the league. You look at like even the Chiefs, right? Who yep. probably the the favorite to come out of the AFC. They're not as balanced as the Eagles. You can nope. argue they have that generational quarterback, and that helps quite a bit. But yeah. they're not as balanced as the Eagles. There's not a team in the league that's as balanced as the Eagles, right? Mm. Now. Well, and and saying all that, does it worry you a little bit that they don't have an exact identity? that they can be a chameleon, they can play any style that they want a style. But what would you say they hang their hat on? See, it's funny. And it 
that's what impressed me so much about the last two games from the offense is they obviously go crazy run heavy against the Packers, 363 yards rushing. And then Jalen throws for 380 the next week. I'm cool with that. You know, I think if, if you're asking what they hang their hat on, it's the offensive line offensively. And that, and that doesn't have to mean running the ball. Right. Uh, it, it, it often will. It often will be like, hey, we need some tough yards. We got to grind out a game. We're in a four-minute drill. What do we do? You run the ball because they still feel like that's their biggest advantage every week. And to me, the offensive line is still the star of the show, even with Jalen playing at MVP level, even with A.J. Brown going crazy, Devontae Smith putting up big numbers. The offensive line is still the engine to this offense. So that's what they hang their hat on. Um, but Shane Steich in the last two weeks, so impressed by that because I think so many coordinators or play callers would want to be balanced for the sake of being balanced, right? Like mm. a couple of weeks ago, they're like, man, we're running out. Let's, let's pass. Let's mix it up. Mm-hmm. Let's pass. Or last week, like, no, we're a run team. We want to run the ball. Like we can't pass, but he just, it was working. So he just kept doing it. And it sounds so simple to do that, right? Like it's working. You keep doing it, of course, like duh. But there are so many play callers in this league that would outsmart themselves in that situation. And he didn't do it. So I give him a ton of credit. So, so David, as good as the Eagles are, and let's face it, we sit here today and we, we feel they are the odds on favor to get to the Super Bowl. But there's always that X factor we don't account for down the road somewhere. Who do you think the biggest threat is to the Eagles uh, in terms of stonewalling them from getting to the Super Bowl? Dallas. Okay. I think Dallas is the second best team in the conference. Mm-hmm. I would have said the 49ers. Um Losing the quarterback hurts. I still think yeah. they're a dangerous team. I mean, they're yeah. still a very yeah. good football team. And if there was one team that – not that could afford to lose a quarterback, but it wouldn't be as big a deal. It's that offense and the way Shanahan runs it. Like, you can hide the quarterback a little bit yeah. in that offense. But, you know, you lose your top two quarterbacks. That's tough to overcome. Uh, it's Dallas to me. And uh, the nice thing for the Eagles is – as long as they win the division, they won't have to worry about them right away. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, it's why it, it's that's what that's the exciting part right now. If you're looking at the Eagles, the road is there. Yeah, I mean you you get home field advantage. You're, I mean, going through Philly, baby, man. It's it's and it's even a different feeling than 17 because obviously they got the one seed and everyone counted them out they'll have to approach it from the standpoint of being a favorite this year. And that can, you know, that, that can be a little tougher, but it's right there for them. And you know, if, if Kirk, some people are going to say the Vikings, right? If Kirk Uh, Cousins comes in in an NFC championship game and beats the Eagles, you throw your hands up. I'm not, I'm not worried about Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. Nope. I agree with you a hundred percent. I agree. See Barrett. See, Kirk Cousins is a regular season quarterback, and that's it. Right, right, right. Well, well, I mean, all right then. So in saying that, you know, what what scares you? Well, I'm not gonna say scare. Where do you look at this Giants? What's the strength of this Giants team? Do you see going in? What are the what are the you know what are the um, the Eagles had to do mostly to beat this Giants team? Yeah, I'll start um, with the Giants offense. Uh, Saquon, if he's healthy, is obviously really good, but he's. He's hurting right now a little bit. Uh, th- to me, the the scariest part of that offense is 
Daniel Jones running the football, which sounds yep. kind of weird. But if you watch them, I mean, he's he's got 544 yards rushing this year. And he's not the runner that, you know, Jalen Hurts is or Lamar Jackson is or even Kyler Murray is to some extent. He doesn't have that pure speed, but it changes the numbers uh, in the favor of the offense when you have a quarterback that can run like that. So you're a little worried about that. Uh, those can be frustrating things when the quarterback runs on you. So, I mean, that's in the back of my mind offensively. And then defensively, I don't think they're particularly deep on their D-line, but Dexter Lawrence is very good, very, very good. And Leonard Williams is good if, if he can be out there. Uh, so I think that's – and they have a couple good edge rushers in uh, Ojolari and uh, the, the rookie Kayvon Thibodeau. So they have a good line, but I don't think it's as deep as it, it would need to be to really scare the Eagles. Hey, we look at it, we look at Miles Sanders, and in recent years he's had the the injury bug uh, trip him up in a lot of ways. You know, knock on wood, he's maintained his health this year, and he's approaching a thousand yard season. Um, maybe not so much in terms of stats, but what has jumped out to you most about the way Miles has approached his business this year compared to past years? He's uh, the one thing that stands out to me is the way he's running um, early in, in his career. He left a lot of yards out there. Mm-hmm. Um, he was trying to hit home runs. He was bouncing. He was avoiding contact. He's running. And it's funny. The, the, the stats actually don't bear this out anymore. They did for a while. Um, mm-hmm. It's a little fluky, but after the contact, he's been much better. Um, he, he's running through tackles and he kind of seems to have that awareness about him now to know when to do that when to one cut and get up the the field whereas you know and and every once in a while he'll still have a play where you know there's a screen pass a couple weeks ago where he catches it and you're like miles fall fall forward dude what are you doing and he's he's dancing around a little bit but those plays are are few and far few and far between right now um is that the saying Few and far between. Yeah, few yeah, and far yeah. between. Yeah. <laughs> in my head, I was like, is it the other way? No, that's right. Um, Come on, man. You're a writer. You should know, know this stuff. It's one of those things where you say it so much, and you're like, is that right? I don't know if that's right. Um, But he's been much better in that area. He's just getting yeah. the yards that are there. And obviously, he has good line in, in front of him, good line mm-hmm. play in front of him. But he's he's maximizing those opportunities this year. Mm. I look at um I look at this offense and how you know balanced they are. Look at the defensive side of the ball. I see him now stopping the run, the pass. Um, when when I when I look at Gannon and how he's approaching, is to me it's different in the aspect that now he's starting to be a little more aggressive. I know a lot of people saying nah, but I think he is being a little more aggressive. Do you see him doing the same thing in this game going against him, uh, going against the Giants? A little yeah, more aggressive. He has been more aggressive. I, I think. Well, people are saying. No, he hasn't been aggressive. But I've been saying yes, he has been a lot more aggressive. Yeah, look, and there are there are certain times where, um, you, like you're going to watch it and you're going to be a little frustrated because you're like, man, what? Especially for me, it's in the, it's in the secondary. That's where I get a little frustrated at times. I'm like you've got two of the best corners in the league. Sometimes you can press a little bit, right? <laughs> like, yes, uh, yes, you know, exactly. Third exactly. and seven, and you're ten yards off. I'm like, well, I don't like that. But overall, I think he's he's called a really good season i mean what he's done like the the results speak for themselves and um the defensive coordinator position in this city gets so unfairly criticized i mean you're not stopping everyone like look around the league these offenses are really good 
And it's mm-hmm. like you're not just going to shut everyone out every week. So Yes, it's not Buddy Ryan. It's not, you know, the late and great Jimmy Johnson. This is this is this is Gannon's defense, you know. And I think if we just take away from what happened last year and just apply exactly what you see how blind is on, exactly what you've seen him do this year. You have to compliment what he's done. Yeah, and I I think having Bradbury has opened up the playbook a little bit for him. Mm-hmm. You can do a lot when you have two corners like that that can lock down. What about Mattis coming back? You know, what what do you equate that to? Yeah, I mean, that'll help quite a bit. I'm really curious now to see what happens when C.J. Gardner-Johnson comes back because Reed Blankenship. Yep. Playing all right. Not. And yep. they, haven't been a, uh, they haven't been a heavy dime team since Gann has been here. They've rolled it out. A little bit, but you have some options now that you can kind of play with matchups. Like you, you, you probably feel pretty comfortable having Reed out there. I do at moments. So you got a, you know, a good tight end or a bigger slot receiver. You can drop. You can kind of drop CJ down there and let him man up against him at times and and have Reed back. I, I think it opens some options for you. Whereas like you know, Kayvon Wallace when he was in that dime role. And, and give him credit because he's actually made some plays this year. But I think they're going to feel more comfortable with Reed after this stretch of him starting, at least the way it looks now. Now, he could have bad two games here and we're saying, oh, we'll get Reed off the field. But so far, it looks pretty good. Hey, Dave, uh, do you do you expect to see N'Kobe Dean's role continue to expand? I mean, before the Tennessee game, he had played four defensive snaps. He gets 15 against Tennessee, and he's a co-leader in tacklers. And I, and I was telling Barrett earlier in the show, to, mo- to me, the most impressive play from him was he makes the one-arm tackle and Derrick Henry while he's trying to shed a blocker. And, you know, I know he's, yeah, he's a young player. Play. <laughs> I know, and he still makes the tackle. Um, I know it's hard to get him in there when you look at the linebacking play overall, but is there a way that you see his role evolving as we continue to go to the finish line here? Yeah, it's – Ideally, you'd find a way to get him on the field because yeah. I think he can help you. He's a good player. Yeah. Um, where's he playing? You know, know. I, that's I know. the problem. Um, you know, I, TJ certainly isn't going to leave the field, and and I think Kaiser's been okay. I think he started off real strong, and he's he hasn't made those like splash plays right recently, right. but he's been solid, and I don't think he's done anything to take away his job. So. Mm-hmm. You're in this situation where, yeah, I mean, I, you feel really good if Nakobe has to go in there. We saw right. that finally in some extended reps. And I, I think there's like certain packages for him, like especially goal line stuff. We'll get him out there. But they don't, I mean, they're not running three linebacker stuff anymore, three mm-hmm. off ball linebackers. They're just not mm-hmm. doing it. So um, hard to find snaps for him. It is. But I will say, uh, I'm pretty, I'm still pretty bullish on him. And I, I think, you know, both of your starting linebackers are free agents after this season. Yep. If I'm the Eagles, I'm prioritizing TJ Edwards. N'Kobe Dean's my starting will next year. Mm. Okay. All right. Mm. I think so also. I think so also. But, Warren, then you, you're talking about who's the biggest free agent acquisition? Do you want on offense? And what do you want on defense? You mean uh, of the pending free agents? Who would you like? On, on our team right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's it's tricky because just purely like player wise Bradbury, yep. but I, I think that's going to be really tough. Uh, just because you're already you're already paying a cornerback that type of money, so mm-hmm. can you really have two corners making eighteen to twenty million 
per season. That's that's tough. I prioritize CJ Gardner Johnson. He's okay. the he's the big money guy that I think is gonna um, that you'd want to bring back just because he's so young. You traded for him, and he's still getting better at that position. You know, mm-hmm. like he's he's a playmaker, and he has room to grow for sure. He's still figuring out the angles from that position, but he'd be at the top of my list, I think, in terms of who you'd want to bring back and, and also what's realistic. Hey, Dave, it took him 12 games, but special teams finally showed up for the Eagles on Sunday. Um, do you think this is the sign of things to come, or are you still in the wait-and-see mode with this unit? It, we'll see because, yeah. um, it you know, the, the kick returns against the Packers – obviously can't happen but and if that was the only thing that went wrong all year now you'd be like okay yeah they fixed it and they're good to go but it's kind of been like a something that's like a leaking boat right you plug one leak and another one springs up somewhere else they've had uh you know the fake punts they've had some bad coverage mistakes until last week they hadn't been able to return anything uh they've had some bad penalties on special teams. So very encouraged by what I saw in Tennessee, but you got to do it for more than one game before Mm -hmm. I I think that the problems are solved, Uh, but it was a good start. That was, Mm -hmm. they were great in that game in every aspect. They were great. And uh, they have like, they have the players that you think they should be good. You know, when you have Sean Bradley and, and Kyron Johnson, who's been getting doubled a ton, by the way, he's getting a lot of attention. Yeah. Um, Christian Ellis last week made his mark. You have two more elevations for him. Uh, and then you have Andre Sachere once you get to the playoffs, if you want to elevate him then. So I, I think they have the players. Let's see them do it for more than one week. Love it, man. I, I, I'm also looking at the aspect. You see Jalen at this point and how he's progressing. Um, when you go into this, 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 this Giants game where, you know, they're going to blitz the heck out of him. We know this. What do you think his response is going to be? You know, is it going to take flight and run? Or do you think he's going to sit in the pocket? It's funny. A year ago, if you asked me about Jalen Hurts playing a Wink Martindale defense, I wouldn't feel so good about it. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, that, that was the book on him. And we saw, uh, we saw Tampa do that in the playoff game. He couldn't handle the pressure. I'm not concerned about that. He's a different dude in the pocket. And that doesn't mean that there aren't occasions where he flees a pocket that he shouldn't leave. It's going to happen. It's it's the fine line when you have a quarterback with that athletic ability. There are going to be times where he leaves a pocket that's clean. And you, you live with that here and there as long as it's not becoming an overwhelming trend. And at times in his career, it has been way too much, right? But <laughs> – Last week in that pocket, and I know it was a, a very, 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 very clean pocket, like the cleanest pocket you'll ever see. But the poise he shows in there now is completely different. And there were even well, there was that one play where uh, the it was early the shot play to Quez. Um, mm-hmm. I love that aggressiveness. He he, it was a hard. It would have been an amazing catch, but he put it where only Quez could get it. He turned down. Uh, Someone, I, I don't remember exactly who it was. It was like a jet motion, and uh, the defender didn't go with the motion. So he knows he has the flat open. That's an easy check it down, and maybe the coach is even wanting to do that. I don't know. Maybe that was the coaching. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, hit your check down there. But I loved to see him stand in the pocket, 
know he's going to get smacked and deliver a pass that only his guy could catch. He's making some of those throws now, throws that he didn't have last year. He didn't have the poise to stand in there, get hit on the chin, and deliver a perfect pass. He's doing that this year. So uh, I'm, I'm very excited to see how he handles the Giants' defense. Well, you know, he, we talked about how they're rushing him now because of that. <laughs> yeah, the Titans, I mean, the, you don't have to worry about that this week. Uh, Wink Martindale is going to blitz him, but the Titans last week stopped rushing him. Yep. I mean, they they, they just were went to a spot. It was it was you know start your rush, hold up, make sure he doesn't leave the pocket. Teams do that. He's too good of a passer now. That was a good strategy last year, maybe, especially if you had the cornerbacks the Titans have. They don't have the secondary to do that. You know, mm-hmm. you're dropping in the coverage. You're thinking the numbers play out for you. No, Jalen picked you apart. Um, not a bad strategy. Didn't work. it's hard it's hard to argue against anything with the success that we've seen of this Eagles offense all season long but you know you mentioned Quez Watkins a moment ago and he only has 22 catches through 12 games are you surprised at something when you look at his speed and his ability to stretch the field that they haven't tried to incorporate him maybe a little bit more than they have in the offense it's just tough because I mean the offense has to run through the three guy, or at least the passing offense, has to run through yeah. AJ Dallas and and Devonte. So we're seeing it now without Goddard here for a little mm-hmm. spell. That Quest is getting a little bit more, and he should. I mean, he should be the next guy up. Like just, and you have to figure out the ways to do it. It's not as simple as like one, two, three, four, five. But right. with Goddard out, you slide him up. Like, yeah, we want to get Quez the ball more than Zach Pascal or more than the running backs. Like he should, or Jack Stall. Right? You want to see Quez. Yep. Get it. Uh, he, I've been impressed by just how patient Quez has been. Mm-hmm. Because when they brought in AJ Brown, he was the one affected most. Yes. Really. Exactly. You know, yep. Devontae hasn't seen the drop in targets you might expect. Dallas hasn't seen the drop in targets. It's been Quez. Quez is the odd man out. Uh, but he's been, he's just accepted it. And he, he understands that, um, his speed is still a threat, right? Like even if he's not getting the targets, they have to respect it. And we're seeing that. And at times they are going to take shots with them. Uh, and Jalen's done that the last few weeks. Now what I'm waiting for, and this is my big wrinkle. I've been pushing for the Eagles to do it all year. <laughs> Third and short, you're in plus territory, right? What you're, you're running the QB sneak because that's what they do. Run a shot play off of it. Right. Because you're right. going to go for it on fourth down anyway. Run a right, shot right. play on third and short and plus territory. They're, they've had a few instances this year, and they haven't done it, and it's bo- it's bugging me. I want to see them take a shot. <laughs> you would be prophetic if you if they do this in the game and they take it for six. You know, so you know, just want you to know you threw it out there. Yeah. I hear you, and, and, and you know, everything's all good. What, well, looking at that offensive line and key matchups, I think they're going to put Thibodeau – on um on 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 you know the big fella's side you know do you think you know that's gonna be a huge massive can he move his feet i mean he has he's been he's gotten better back you know my lot has gotten better since you know the previous three or four games he's back to getting getting into his own way but you know how do you fare with that um that matchup with him and thibodeau yeah, Speed and, and even if even if they side. put Ojolari on, on him, that's a tough matchup for him too because he's kind of a smaller, bendy edge rusher. Um, yeah, I think Mylata, that shoulder was really bothering him more than he let on earlier in the year. Uh, 
since since that's healed, he's starting to look like the guy we saw last year. So, ah, da, da, absolutely. Right. I, I mean, the and, and there were some moments this year where you're like, man, he doesn't look right. And I think he played through it more than he should have. Honestly, I, I think he probably should have sat out for a couple games to let that shoulder rest because you have Dillard who would have been okay. Uh, give him credit for toughing it out. And, and, but now I think he's looking healthier and, and that's mattered. It really has. He did a good job last week against Bud Dupree. Yeah, he did. He so shut him down. I, yeah. And that, and, and, and Dupree's the kind of rusher who would have given him fits earlier in his career. He's kind of the same, you know, long bendy type of rusher. Um, the power guys are no problem for him because he's a monster, but mm-hmm. uh, some of those sneakier edge rushers who are real fast, give him trouble. Um, especially sometimes they'll have him overset and they'll, they'll tuck it back inside. Um, but Dillard in a guard too. That's, that's kind of surprising because he's looked pretty good in there. Dillard, a guard? I, you know, I have to go really <laughs> go back and watch him. Who would have thought Andre Dillard would be this like super versatile player. He would go and play left tackle a couple of years ago. He's exactly. looked fine at yep. guard. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Surprised me. Shocking. But watch that this week, by the way, because uh, Landon Dickerson's been in and out of the lineup so much Probably. in these yep. games. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in- interior that lot li- that uh, that Giants line is pretty good. Dexter is very good. So Dexter Lawrence is. I mean, he's their number one. Uh, he's their number one inside guy. Yep. Yeah, he's playing at like a legitimate All Pro level this year. So and he plays on. I mean, he plays kind of. He'll, he'll play a few different positions on the interior there. So he's lining up on both sides. So watch him if Dickerson's a little banged up. Hey, Dave, man, I can't thank you uh, for taking some time to talk to us. Always good to, to, to catch up with you and, and chop it up when we talk about Eagles football, man. And everybody out there, you know, you can follow Dave on Twitter at DZangaro NBCS. Check him out on the NBC Sports Philadelphia website, his podcast with Ruben Frank. Enjoy the game on Sunday, man. I can't wait to see what you write after it's all said and done. All right, guys. Thank you. Take care. All right, man. Thanks, All right. Dave. That is the one and only Dave Zangaro. We are now in the final segment of the show coming up. On the other side of this break, we're going to give our top five power rankings in the NFL. We got to talk about Baker Mayfield and what he did walking off the streets. Absolutely. Uh, last night, uh, as I said, uh, an Eagle uh, or, or Phillies lose another pitcher. Uh, we've got, uh, I, you know what? Rob Ellis is not the only one we, that does this. I got a couple of on this days coming up for you. We're going to do uh-huh. birthdays and movies as well. This is great birthdays. Day. Yeah, we got great birthdays. And I got one special birthday to start off with on this day. And there's a story behind it as well. So, yeah, we'll tell you about that and more coming up on the other side of this break. Xander, if you're awake, play my music. <laughs> yeah, baby. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to ocean. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! 
Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go back. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Did you know taxes could be your biggest expense during retirement? Are most of your assets in tax-deferred accounts like IRAs and 401ks? Taxes are historically low today, but we're facing significant headwinds in the future. Do you have a plan? The Thrive Financial Team has more than 100 years of experience helping people across the Delaware Valley with forward-looking tax planning. Learn how to shift your money from forever tax to no or low tax accounts. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Stop us now. We in a whole new era now. Man. Look, look, B books, grabbing a bite to eat, head bobbing, you know. <laughs> Rob Ellis is not gonna know what hit him when he comes back on Monday, man. You know what is going on, guys? What's going yeah, on? What, what what's the music? <laughs> where, where did you get that from? You know, baby. But welcome back, everybody. We're in the final segment of this Friday Feel Good edition of Sports Take, along with Barrett Brooks. I'm Derek Gunn. Uh Phillies baseball note to pass along just a moment here. David Robertson signs a one-year deal with the Mets. For $10 million. Of course, this past season, he was very instrumental in helping uh, the Phillies get as far as they went to, to the World Series. This season with the Cubs and the Phillies had his best season since 2018, posting an ERA of 2.40. Hate to see him go, but the Phillies have strengthened their pitching uh, by adding some, uh, some incredible arms coming up in 2023. Uh, he pitched eight games during the uh, Phillies' run to the World Series. Gave up just one run in seven and two-third innings, 11 strikeouts, five walks. David Robertson, we appreciate your contributions. Good luck to you in future endeavors and unless you play in the Philadelphia Phillies. No question. No All right. Question. Um, as I promised you, Mr. Brooks, I have a couple of my owns on this day. All right. Now, Rob Ellis is not the only one that can come up with on this day. Did you know, Mr. Brooks, that on this day in 1965 – Charlie Brown, the cartoon, airs for the first time on TV. Wow. Ni- wow. 1965, Charlie Brown aired for the very first time on television. Also, get this, on this day in 1997, which uh, we were just a few months into the inception of Comcast Sportsnet, 
Ed Wade was promoted from assistant general manager to GM because President David Montgomery fired Lee Thomas. And, um, you know, Wade was considered the architect, basically, of the Phillies 2008 World Series champion. Right, even, right. Even though he left in 2007 to go take over Houston, he was considered the architect of that 2008 World Series team. And, and get this, Wade drafted and signed Brett Myers, Pat Burrell, Ryan yeah. Howard, Ryan Howard, Chase Utley, Cole Hamels, Ryan Madsen. And during his tenure, he also elevated Jimmy Rollins from the minor leagues, and he signed international catcher Carlos Ruiz. And, oh, by the way, he also hired manager Charlie Manuel as well. Wow. He was. He was the uh, the architect. Architect, yeah. He was the architect of of that great run. And, uh, wow, what a great era in time that was uh, for uh, the Philadelphia Phillies. All right, let's go back to last night for just a moment. what was a boring game, Rams against the Raiders, turned out to be an exciting final fourth quarter, man. And um, I kind of felt bad for the Rams because, you know, um, the Raiders build this 16-3 to lead, and you're thinking this game's academic, man. You know, Rams can't do nothing, you know. I mean, Baker Mayfield comes in for the Rams after the first three-and-out series for them. And he starts off hitting passes. You're thinking, man, this is crazy. And then all of a sudden he starts to struggle. And Max Crosby, your guy, is just tracking him down like a bird dog hunting a bird, mate. You know, he has no time to do anything. So you're thinking, okay, I'm just waiting for this game to be over. Fourth quarter, all of a sudden, Baker's throwing darts, man. Rolling out, throwing darts. And he get within six. And, you know, that final drive, B. Brooks. Well, first of all, let me ask you this. Dude walks in off the street on Tuesday. Has one practice. Now, it's different if it's a position player, okay, cornerback, safety. But you're talking about a dude that's got to call the signals, call the audibles. He had one practice on Wednesday with the Rams and goes out and leads a comeback win. That's Is that crazy or what? Especially against a, um, a, a team that, you know, when you look at how when you look at how the Raiders were playing, they were playing because they thought that they had playoff hopes. Yes. They were in the same position. If they didn't won that game, they were yeah. in the same position they were last year at seven. Were they six and seven? Uh, uh, six, yes. Yep. They were at the same point and made it to the playoffs last year. So, of course, you know, the way they played the game, they start the game off. I thought the Raiders were just going to take it over. I mean, yeah, yeah. They couldn't stop Adams. They couldn't stop, you know, them running the ball. They did what they wanted to do. But all of a sudden, Baker came in, man, and he just changed. And, you know, just to put things in perspective, it is so hard when you uh, when you come in as a quarterback and they call a play. Yeah, yep. Like, it's, you know, like I don't know the extent of – like because there's a lot of other stuff that gets said that I don't even pay attention to. I only paid attention to, like, why stick not 322. What was the – it was 22 protection. Right. The three minute, the three minute was going to be three-step drop. 22 meant the protection. I mean, it's going to be a scat protection. I mean – I mean, not scat protection. It's going to be a six-man protection. Right, right. 322. You're going to have the fight offensive alignment and then the running back. They were going to be involved in protection. Why stick? Why stick means the um, the um, stick nod route was going to be run by the tight end. Right. But he says a whole bunch of stuff even before that, and then he says on three. So he says like uh, he might say um, um, deuce left. Why right? No, deuce left. Right. W right. Such 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 and such. Then he'll get to three twenty two. Why stick nod? 
on three. I just hear that last section. But all the other stuff he said before that, I kind of cancel out. <laughs> and as a quarterback, he's just said a whole uh, 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 dissertation before he even got to the play, which I focus on, right? in the snap count. That's all I worry about is the play and the snap count. As a quarterback, you have to know everything else that goes with the play. Then once you get to the line, you got to figure out who the mic is. Once you find out who the mic is, you got to figure out, all right, if, if the offensive line has the mic, what if this Sam or this Will comes or this safety or this cornerback comes, if the cat blitz comes? Who's going to pick it up? Who's going to be the hot route? Mm. I don't know how he came in and played at the level he played at to win that game, bro. I you, don't. You look, at, you look at that last drive in particular. They start at the two-yard line. You're thinking, this game's over, man. The Raiders had a couple of dumb penalties along the way. Kept ex- and then, and then the wide receiver it was Ben uh, Skoranek. Skoranek yep. makes an unbelievable catch along the sideline, taking the I mean, ball away from the DB, just yakting from him, right? Mosting. You know what I'm saying? And then that throw that Baker Mayfield made for the touchdown. I mean, he dropped a dime in there, man. You know, with 10 seconds left in the game. You can see, man, how he just felt vindicated, man. You still suck, but you just felt vindicated, man. You know, I was I was actually rooting, and I'm not a big fan of Baker Mayfield because of me. some of the stuff we've seen him do mm-hmm. in, in Cleveland. I was actually rooting for the dude last night, man. I really was. Yeah, I caught myself for a little bit. Then I came back to reality. <laughs> then I came back to reality. But I don't understand. First In the first half, go back to the first half. Devontae Adams made a couple of incredible catches, first of all. Right. He made that one-handed catch with the defender draped all over him. Um, and then he makes another catch down the sideline on Jalen Ramsey. And you hear the announcer, you hear Al Michaels um, and him talking about how the one thing about Devontae Adams, he doesn't let you know when the ball's coming because he caught the right. ball like this. He didn't put his hands up like this to let the DB know, uh, Jalen Ramsey know the ball's coming. He caught his bread basket like it was just academic, dude. Right. You know? I mean, he keeps, keeps running. He's looking at it. rolling at it. Also, real quick. And Ramsey says that that's the worst. That's that's the worst thing about playing. He gives you his hands. His hands are so late. Yeah, that's the worst part of playing against him because you never know when the ball is coming, so you can't turn around and react to what he's doing. But if you're the Raiders, how do you score only 16 points against a beat up defense? Aaron Donald's not playing. No Aaron Donald. Stars right. not playing right, and you only get Devontae Adams the ball. Adams the ball three times in a whole game. That's three crazy. times. And the three three big catches when he did catch it. Three big catches. And Jalen Ramsey obviously couldn't hold him. You know, Jalen's shadowing him everywhere he goes, and Jalen still can't stop him. How do you get him the ball only three times a whole game? But that's why the Raiders are where they are. You know. That's why they suck, man. (laughs) Well, you know, um, that was that was last night, uh, the kickoff. Uh can you believe we're talking about week 14 in the National Football League already? This season is flying by. Bro. Week 14, dude, already Yep. in the National Football League. And as I look ahead to the upcoming schedule, um, it's some interesting games, Barrett, and I want to pick your brain on a couple of them. Let's start out with the, uh, the Jets at Buffalo. And, and I'll start by saying this. It's not academic that the, the Bills are going to win that game. No, it's not. It's not. Um, it's gonna be a great game, man. I mean, this just this, this, this roster, you know, of, of of you know, the Jets are fighting. You know what I'm saying? Even though you know they don't have their starting quarterback back, they they their offense is playing well enough that they're gonna compete. Their defense is playing well as they can stop the Bills. Right. But right. this is gonna be a great game at one o'clock, bro. 
a great game at one o'clock. Yeah, Mike White is giving that Jets offense an infusion, man. That uh, yeah, they have, that, yes, they that have been lacking. By I'm not gonna say his name because you know what's gonna happen when you say his name. So right, I'm not right. Gonna say his name. <laughs> so let's see. Uh, another game we have on the schedule here. As I was looking at it, uh, Minnesota at Detroit. Minnesota might be in trouble in this game. They might Bruh. be in a little bit of trouble. Bruh, Detroit is playing great right now. Say what you want to say. The defense is starting to pick back up. Um, you look at when you look at the Vikings and how they've been winning um at the last minute, last second plays. Yeah. I don't know, man. I mean, I think the Lions might dig this one on out. They might get this one. If they do, that would – and if the Eagles take care of business with the Giants, that gives the Eagles a two-game cushion on Minnesota and an all-important race to the finish line for the top Absolutely. seed. Absolutely. So, we, uh, we, we trying to let's, – let's go Lions. Let's go Ducey. Yeah, yeah, let's yeah. Make yeah. this happen. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Tampa Bay at San Francisco. You know, we know Tampa Bay struggled all year long. San Francisco has a uh, a new quarterback, uh, a farmhand named Purdy. I'm, uh, and I'm, I'm saying it right now. Yeah. Buccaneers beat the 49ers. What? Oh, let's see. Tampa Bay's defense. Todd Bowles calling that defense. Uh, you got D'Amico Ryan's that are calling the 49ers defense against the GOATs. Yes. The, 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 the 49ers defensively shutting everybody down. They ain't let nobody score. Except except for the GOAT. The GOAT, the GOAT struggled to score in that come from behind game win this past week. No, they owe him because they dropped touchdown passes they drop first down passes they won't play the same way they played against uh new orleans they you owe think, him you think tampa bay is going to go into san francisco and beat san francisco Adada. Woo, okay all right i hear you talking hey, hey, right. hey string what does Adada mean uh-huh you got to come right. over the t-shirt man right <laughs> how about this one miami at the chargers uh miami's got miami's they, they're pissed off right now so they just lost this last weekend they're going to beat the heck out of the Chargers, bro. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. We're going to see. Uh, let's see. We're running a little bit short on time, so uh, I'm going to get in some uh, birthdays here. Uh, first of all, we have uh, Judy Dench, a great, a great English actress who played in uh, James Bond, uh, GoldenEye, and Romeo and Juliet. Kurt Douglas, uh, incredible actor in his career. Spartacus, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Um, his birthday is today. John Malkovich. Uh, great, great actor. Um, right, right, 69. right. Transformers, everything. Transform everything. Uh, Simon Helberg, 42. He was uh, Howard Wolowitz from Big Bang Theory, 42. Uh, Jesse Metcalf from Desperate Housewives, 44. Yep. Uh, Felicity Hoffman, 60, 60. Christmas with the Cranks. That was a funny movie. I like that movie. <laughs> uh, Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle, Olympic gold medalist wrestler from Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is, is 54 today. You know, he was a he was a weekend sportscaster real briefly uh, at the Fox station in Pittsburgh when I was there. What? Great dude, but let me tell you something. Dude, we were rolling this. I mean, everybody across, he couldn't pronounce names on the air. It was bad, dude. I his, can't pronounce names on the air, so. His, his TV tenure ended real quick. I'm going to tell you that right <laughs> now. Uh, Donnie Osmond. Yep. 65 years old. Uh, Lori Graner, 53, from Shark Tank. And Michaela uh, Maroney, Olympic gold medalist in gymnastics, uh, gymnastics, is 27 years of age. You got any other one? Heck yeah. You got, hurry up. We got, we got about three minutes. Hurry up. David Akers. Oh, David Akers. My man. David Akers' birthday today. Okay. Um, 
Uh, Red Fox's birthday. Oh, Red Fox. Yes, yes sir. sir. Red Fox. Um, who else? Who else? Who else? Dick Van Patten. Yes. Oh, yes. Also, Dick Van Patten. World Be Free. World Be Free. Seven, you know, 69. One of my favorite Gerald names Henderson. in all the sport. Gerald yeah. Henderson. Wow. Gerald Henderson Jr. Wow. Dick Buckus. And then uh, Deacon Jones. Wow. Deacon Jones. Of oh, that fearsome foursome back in the day. Now, there's one birthday that is the most important birthday to me on this day. And guess what it is? That's my dog. My grandson, my, dog. my grandson Cruz, who's in Mexico right now, who's down in Mexico with his family right now, turned four years old today. <laughs> Born on this day in 2018. And I go back to that day because my wife and my oldest daughter, Annalise, and I were sitting in a waiting room for Cruz to be born. And I was supposed to be in Dallas that day covering the Eagles game. And, and my boss would say, you know what? You need to be with your family. Stay home. So I stayed home, sitting in the waiting room, and I'm watching the Eagles-Cowboys game on the, on the monitor in the waiting room. And it was a game where the Eagles and Cowboys were tied at 23 all at the end of regulation. It goes to overtime. Dallas puts together a 13-play march, go down the field. Dak Prescott throws a pass. It goes right through the hands of one Rasul Douglas, right into the arms of Amari Cooper, Touchdown. Dallas wins the game in overtime. 29-23. I'm which so is, what is uh, which is BS because Dallas yeah. Goddard actually um had a, a great uh touchdown. I mean yes. run and yep. they called it back. They called it back. That's right. You're right about that. Oh, some BS. They got that Dallas home call, man. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm so intense in the game. And I'm looking at my phone occasionally. I'm looking at my phone. I look down. I see this picture of this little baby, and I'm like, okay. And I'll say, hey, Cruz is born. We didn't even know it, man. I hadn't I had told my wife and daughter Cruz was born. We didn't even know it for a few seconds. I kept texting you too, man. You, you did. It's Cruz here. <laughs> Don't bother me. I'm watching the game. All right. Uh, let's see. We got a couple movies to go through. Uh, 2005, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. You ever see that one? Yes. Great movie. Okay. Uh, 1983, uh, Scarface, one of my favorite movies. Wow. Okay. Okay. Uh, 2005, Brokeback Mountain. I've never seen that movie to this day. I saw it. I didn't want to see it, but I saw it. That's why I haven't seen it. I ain't watching. All right. 1988, <laughs> Twins with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito. One of the best. Yep. One of the best. Uh, 2011, The Descendants. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 2019, A Family Reunion Christmas. Great movie. Uh, remember that old movie, 1983, Christine, about the car that was possessed? Absolutely. I love the, that movie. I love that movie, man. The Chevy, yeah. The Chevy. And then, uh, let's see, 2005, Syriana, global influence of the oil, oil industry. John uh, George Clooney won a, a, an Academy Award for that movie. Yep, yep, yep. And then in 1994, Disclosure, Michael Douglas and Demi Moore. Yep. That was a great too. movie as well. It's a good yep. movie, man. So those are the movies and the birthdays on this date. Um, man, happy birthday, Cruz! Cruz down there living it up. He's got a big birthday party scheduled down in Mexico today with uh, all of my uh, my son in law's family and stuff. They're throwing it up, doing it up big for him. There, I wish I could have been there, but I had to be here, you know. And uh, oh, it's 256, bro. We got to roll, man, you know. Hey, man, um, appreciate you, hey, man. Hey, y'all, thanks for hanging out with us on this uh, feel good Friday. Rob Ellis will be back with us on Monday. I want to thank uh, Carl Banks for hopping on with us, Dave Zangaro. D-Lotum, I apologize. You know, she told us going in it was going to be a little iffy because she was on an Amtrak heading to DC. Uh, Unfortunately, we couldn't get her on today, but we will have D on soon. Uh, hey, everybody in the chat room, thanks for hanging out with us on this Friday. Uh, oh, Barrett, real quick, Eagles prediction, real quick, real quick. Oh, birds win, 28-17. 
Uh, I'm going to say Eagles win 31-17. All right, those are our predictions. Hey, everybody out there, have a great weekend. Stay safe. Be a blessing to each and every person you encounter. For Barrett Brooks, I'm Derek Gunn. And our great producer, Xander Krause, who has been sleeping at the wheel for most of the day. I guess we Uh, We out here, y'all, and as we go, one more time, Z, pump that music, baby. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Did you know taxes 